do. Thanks for Justin for making that for me. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. He's been on here a few times. So this is uh, Tyler Toby Townsend, and I'm here with Carl Klein. Nice man. Um, so real quick, we'll jump right into it. I'm gonna do the gym update. Uh, I think I've been pretty clear about. It. I've, I've taken a break until January first, which is tomorrow. Um, tomorrow we're starting to work out at four a.m. again until ten thirty in the ten thirty in the morning. So a good six hour workout four days a week um, should get me back in shape. I have nationals in in June. So nice. yeah, nice. if I can win nationals, that'd be that'd be fucking sweet. But uh, this will be my second time going to nationals. So Damn. Yeah. So waking up four a.m. four times a week to go work out for six hours is a commitment right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm working out with um, kind of an amateur strong, strongman at 4 a.m., and then I have uh, somebody else I'm working out with at about 8.30. So, uh, yeah. So you just wear through the first guy and then have to pick up a second one? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> can't, you can't just, like, go with the same gym partner the whole time? I'm sure I could, but the, the second one needs me a lot. Okay. A lot more than the first one does. But the first one is more of a workout partner I can work out with. Okay. So. You're more like mentoring the other guy. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a lady. But yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to help her on her journey and help her figure all this stuff out. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, what do you do to stay fit and all that stuff? Um, so lately it's mostly been like bicycling, um, doing gravel and... Um, you know, mostly gravel, a little mountain biking. Um, used to be pretty big into rock climbing. Haven't done it so much the last year because, like, finger injuries and other stuff. And just, you know, don't want to really mess things up. I have seen some rock climbers do some finger shit. That is nuts, man. Uh, went to a rock climbing gym down in California with my uncle. He was going all the time. And I saw this dude climb... Oh, first of all, it was a crack in the wall, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he's like just putting his hand in and then closing his ball and like yeah. balling up his fist. Yeah. Holy shit, that was scary looking. But uh, the finger shit he was doing, like little, little protrusions mm-hmm. on these rocks, climbing up this bouldering or, or whatever he was doing, it was it was nuts, man. You got to be strong. Yeah, you got to be strong and just thinking about the way you're doing stuff, it's a puzzle. Like, I couldn't do the kind of stuff that you do because I would be bored out of my mind. Yeah. Like, I I can't do that, but if there's a puzzle to it, like a mental aspect, that's what makes it fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, everybody's got their thing. You gotta get back into it. I do gotta get back into it. I'm also um, starting to link up with the caving club out here because I was doing that out east. Caving. Caving, yeah. So like Sprilankin or Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. cool. No. Um, Have you done the ape caves yet? Ape caves? No, I haven't done anything out here. Really? So I haven't been in, I hear y'all have a ton of lava tubes and stuff, oh, yeah. and that's sort of what's going on out here. Um, I'm used to like limestone caves and crazy formations and stuff. Oh, crap. Okay. I don't know the difference too much. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm assuming just the rock type. Uh, yeah, so it's... It's about, like, the limestone is eroded out, so it's dissolved in water as the water goes through the rock, and that leaves these big passageways. Okay. And it can also come out of the water, and so as it comes out, it forms a new rock. And so you get all these kind of crazy 
stalactites, stalagmites, different types of rock patterns. So that's just sharp? Coming out. Um, not really. Okay. It can, some of it can be pretty gritty or like, um, normally it's very smooth. Okay. Super smooth. Yeah. yeah. So like any sort of ice formation you see, it's the same kind of thing. It just takes way, way longer. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Ape Caves, I've done that a few times. And uh, that one, I think it's like a mile and a half. Okay. Uh, Solid. Yeah, and you do about a half mile down, mm-hmm. and then it ends. Yeah. And then you can go like the whole mile and a half all the way up. And uh, that's the way I go every time. Some people will start at the very, very top mm-hmm. and come all the way down. I like to climb, climb a little. Okay. You yeah. Know? Cause yeah. I, like if I'm just kind of hiking in a tunnel... It doesn't seem as much fun to me. So um, you got to so, get all four limbs involved here. Right, yeah. right. That's yeah. more fun. Yeah. Uh, there's like a seven foot wall. You got to try and traverse. I know this probably doesn't sound like a lot for you, but no, it, it can't be. You know, it depends on the wall. Right. Like it's yeah. It, it was. Uh, it was. It's a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Um, I've taken like youth groups and shit through there, and mm-hmm. uh, that was actually. It's funny because we're talking about fitness and all that other stuff. That's where I. I really realized I, I was upset at myself. Mm-hmm. I was like 300 pounds, no muscle mass at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but for your information, I, I got up to this seven-foot wall. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get up this thing. It doesn't look crazy, mm-hmm. but I'm with like, I think it was like 10 teenagers and another adult. So really the, the worst group of people to embarrass yourself in front of. Right. Just, These yeah. kids are looking up to me and, mm-hmm. and kind of like talking shit, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I got to get up this wall. It doesn't seem crazy. Everybody else is just kind of hopping up the wall. I'm helping them up the wall too. It's my turn. And I cannot for the life of me get up this wall. Yeah. I, I'm too heavy and too weak. And I was very upset. Like if I, if it was just me, and I had to get up this wall or I was going to die. It looks like I'm dying. You know? like <laughs> not, not a great moment. I had to but... put my backpack back on. Yeah. Right? Have the other adult shove me up this wall while the kids grabbed the backpack and pulled. Oh, man. It was so embarrassing. I was getting back down. No, no, there's a hole at the top. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you were, you didn't have to do this the other direction. No, I did yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, that probably would have broke my legs. Jumping down a seven foot wall, but yeah, no, that would be rough. It was. Um, I definitely recommend it. it. It's it's very especially probably for you would be very extremely easy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lot of a hike, but it's really cool. Nice. Yeah, nice. and it, they're huge. It's fucking huge. Like, I don't know how big these limestone caves are. They can get big enough that you've kind of got landscapes inside them. So you yeah. well, you'll have like a little bit of rolling hills, or like oh. there will be a stream or a river coming down the center. And then some of them are real tiny. Like, it's all over the map. But I haven't been in... I haven't seen them as big as, like, Carlsbad, where you could... You know, if you were one of those Red Bull pilots, you could fly around in that cave. It's insane. Yeah. I saw a couple caves... I mean, obviously, different parts of the world, like China and stuff, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, its own ecosystem in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's special types of critters that like to be in caves. Um, We've got, like, a lot of albino critters... Like crayfish, um, blind fish, um, and then there's a type of like spotted salamander that gets to be maybe 10 inches long at most, and they're all over the mouth of some of these caves. But That's crazy. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Okay. And bats, the, the obvious one. And bat, I've never, I've never seen a bat in one of those 
they're usually way smaller than you think they are. Really? Like you go into a cave and you just see sort of a fuzzy mouse-sized thing stuck on the ceiling. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thinking they're like a good foot wide, like just big old monsters. There, there are ones like that. You go out to India and stuff, and you're gonna have your mega bats, okay. but out. Out where I'm from, East Coast, they tend to be pretty small. So East Coast, whereabouts exactly? So born in D.C., grew up just outside D.C. in Maryland. Okay. In Chevy Chase. Oh, what's the difference here? How do you feel? Like the people all that other crap? I, th- I think the people are better. <laughs> um, okay. Honestly, I, I've had sort of like love-hate relationship thing with D.C. my whole life. It's... Uh, there's some nice things about it. People are, people like to read a lot and engage in conversations about kind of wild ideas and different stuff. Um, and that's neat. Um, you can be talking about all kinds of crazy things and people just know super depth. Um, a lot of specialists out there, you can just pick their brains and that's fun. That's cool. um, but everyone is very obsessed with their own importance and that gets old really, really fast. Yeah. Um, and it's just not a friendly place. Like, people are very polite, but they're very cold, very standoffish. Um, and there's a there's a real arrogance to a lot of it. And it's just not, you know, it kind of wears on you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. Moved up here around high school. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, as soon as I moved up here, it was strange to me to not have to run across the street, um, to not, like... People stop, like, a block yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Like, they will see you coming way before they needed to stop or they're even pay attention to you. you and they're yeah. just... I'm like, please go. This is going to be faster for both of us if you just keep yeah. moving. But it, it's, it's, it's very nice. Yeah, yeah. people are uh, even driving. People mm-hmm. are, like, letting you in front of them, all that. Yeah. I'm just, I was not used to any of that shit, so... I... My girlfriend is constantly reminding me to turn my blinker on before I start merging. Yeah. Because in DC, you don't do that. That's a signal for someone to, like, come up and close the space you were trying to go into. Like, a blinker is to let them know you have committed and are, in fact, moving into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I do the same thing. I mean, I still don't use a blinker. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... I just don't. Like, I'm going to go so that you're not cutting me off. Yeah. But people really don't do that here, and... Just I'm trying finish. to chill out. I'm yeah. trying to, like, reform myself. And well, but sometimes it's almost nice to, like, the point of, of like, now you're impeding traffic. Yeah. You know, yeah. just to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. I actually almost hit somebody because we're getting on the on-ramp mm-hmm. for a freeway. Yeah. But there's a crosswalk there. Well, pedestrians know that it's an on-ramp, and mm-hmm. it's also a merging on-ramp. So there's an off-ramp yeah. coming around. I don't know if you know where Mill Plane... And like getting on the two hundred five R. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so if you're going south to like to Oregon, mm-hmm. there's the one coming north is getting on Mill Plain. Like it's just there's just this clusterfuck, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So you're like looking back and forth trying to merge, and then all of a sudden, now this dude stopped for a pedestrian mm-hmm. on the on ramp, and everybody's speeding up to get on the on ramp, yeah, yeah. and then boom, 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 like three people. Those crossings are just. Terrifying it's just, for me. Why are you trying yeah. to be so nice? Now we all hit our hit each other. And yep. it was uh, I'm in a big ass truck. I had a steel bumper. I, I clipped somebody barely. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh no, I didn't hit anybody. They clipped me. 
Okay. But it took the whole fender off the side of their car. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well... The cars are so squishy these days. Yeah, they're, uh, they're made of nothing. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get the whole crumple zone idea, but yeah. part of me is jealous of those... What were they? Like the cars back in the 90s, the 80s with the fat black rubber bumpers. Yeah. Ugly as all hell, but man, that thing wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Like, you know? They're still around. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. still driving. Um, yeah, it's interesting up here, man. But I, I do love it. I've been all over the country, and uh, I choose to live here. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, it is fucking beautiful. I'm excited for when the weather stops sucking. Well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's always raining some some sort of little bit, you yeah. know? How At least some sunshine. I, we, we moved up here um, start of November, so I am very fresh here. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just got I here. just showed up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's so. So anything strange. I say about the whole like Portland, Vancouver area, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So just, okay. <laughs> I'm still gonna say it, but I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, yet. so I definitely, um, I'm part of those people who stay in Vancouver. Okay. I do not. I do not like. You Portland. see that river's a line. Yeah, You're I not, really do. And, okay. And the, the big thing is, I mean, I don't have political views. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate politics. If we're being honest here, um, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I worked okay. there for 10 years, right? I cooked. Yeah. Like, we had talked a little bit about that. Yeah. And yeah. I have to pay to fucking park to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so mad about that. Like, why do you have so many one-way streets? I don't know which direction I'm going. Can I just go right there? No. I got to go all the way around the block because you want a one-way street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, there, there's piss and shit everywhere, you know? Like, it's just, it's not fun. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I just try to stay on my side. Unless I want some really good food. To be honest, like the good restaurants are over there. We're, we're opening up. The waterfront mm-hmm. is pretty wonderful. They got it all looks spots. brand new. How long has that been there? Maybe two years. Wow. Like they're really They're moving quick. Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been real quick. They've been throwing that stuff up there. But Grassa, the Italian spot in there, mm-hmm. I'm Sicilian myself. Okay. And so I take Italian food really seriously. Yeah. It's great. Nice. It's a really good spot. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't been to too many spots down there. Wildton, I'm not a big fish person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Twigs, it's good for a bistro. Okay. Their, their spicy chicken sandwich was fucking great. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, walked down there pretty much just to, like, walk, go by the river, get some fresh air. I haven't stopped in for anything yet. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you eat meat and all that other stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a pretty adventurous eater. Pretty I adventurous will, eater. I will try anything once. Anything once. Yeah. Okay, so I try to I try to keep an open mind like that. So when I cooked, it, it was about um, I was like I will try anything. I mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like to the point where like if human was on the menu, I'd have to just see <laughs> just to be just, just to, a little little taste just to fulfill yeah. my culinary contract, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah. just just so I can say yeah, it does taste like pig, right? Because <laughs> apparently that's what we taste like the texture and shit. Okay. Um, it's not I'm concerned like where you're getting these reports from. Like, is this is this like an anecdote from a friend? Like, how far removed I are you from I feel like this? it's just normal knowledge okay. that's been passed down through the crazies who have actually done it. Okay, all right. I'm hoping. 
Yeah. It's yeah. just somehow... And it's just the kind of thing you can't help but repeat. You don't, you don't know where it came from, but man, no you, you got to tell someone. I mean, maybe Jesse Dahmer's just writing a list at, at like, what to pair it with. What, what wine. What wine pairings, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Okay. So, you're on this podcast because at a bazaar, right, um, I saw your, your stuff and... Uh, I am extremely intrigued. Extremely. I'd love for you to explain what you do, why you do it, how you do it, all that. So go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, first two are easy. The third one I'm still kind of figuring out. Okay. But, uh, so I'm, I'm bringing in traditional art from developing countries starting with Colombia right now. So this has been sort of Something I've been kicking around in my head for a long time, maybe 10, 12 years, because um, I've, I've spent a lot of time living, working, traveling abroad, and I was seeing so many things that people made with their hands that were just dying out. Um, a lot of these traditions and skills and art forms are struggling right now, and they just don't have a good way to make money doing it, to pass down the tradition. And part of me really wanted to find a way to make that work for them. Um, and initially I didn't think I'd be able to do it because it's such a difficult thing to find a market for, um, to find customers for. And people kept telling me when I was traveling um, about my photography that I should you know, make videos of this stuff, make videos of the travels I was doing, the places I was going, because um, I was often getting pretty far off the beaten track. That's just fun for me. It's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I was coming up towards the end of working at the pandemic because I was working in COVID field hospitals for that. Wow. Um, and I said, fuck it. I should give this a try. I should bring these two things together. Um, try and make little mini documentaries about the history, the process, the culture behind stuff, um, and bring things up so people have a way to sell stuff in the U.S. and they can make some money. That's cool. So what what is your your normal occupation? Um, so I, after moving here from D.C., I didn't pick up another job, so I'm just doing this right now. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna. Pick something up short term just to get a little money in the door, right. keep paying rent, you know, so they don't kick me out. Um, but normal occupation, that's not an easy one to answer. I've had a lot of jobs. Um, I was doing logistics in field hospitals, just sort of out of the blue. Um, I've done everything from biomedical research for the Navy to line handling on the Panama Canal. So it's been sort of a journey up to this point. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when you want to get something so, I want to use the word niche, mm -hmm. going, um, that's kind of how it works. You know, it's it just kind of whatever it is to kind of make ends meet mm -hmm. so that you can keep doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. You know, so uh, any any other trips planned yet back to Columbia? Or? Um, I definitely need to make another trip. I'm trying to figure out when that's going to be, but... I'm sort of in the stage where I'm scaling up because I'm, I'm confident in what I'm doing. I've gotten a good sense of sort of what people like, how to present things, how to talk about them. Um, and 
the response that I've gotten when it's in front of people is really good. Yeah. Like people think this stuff is cool. They're excited like I am about it. Um, and they love watching the process and stuff and the history. And so I'm feeling more confident about it, stepping it up a little bit, but getting over that sort of hump from bringing all the shit in on my back yeah. to actually getting it shipped in is, is a hurdle. Well, that's expensive too, right? It's expensive. I'm trying to figure out how to do it most effectively because like a whole container should only be around 1500 2000 bucks. But I can't fill a container. Yeah. You can't fill a container? I that would be a huge step up for me. I'm I'm looking to do maybe a quarter, a third of a container to sort of start off with. Um, okay. Because I mean, the individual things I'm getting tend to be pretty expensive. Um, I can't fill the container for like two grand or something. It would be a lot of money to get that. It'd probably be like a good 30 grand. And then you're committing to a warehouse for like three years. You have a contract for that and that's tons of overhead, but we're not, we're not at that point. Yeah. You'd have to have almost your own store Mm -hmm. doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, when I'm doing the fairs, when I'm doing the markets, um, people love it. I'm having days where I'm doing over $900 a day. Um, and it's just exciting talking to people about it and, you know, feeding off their passion a little bit. Because so much of this has just been sort of me sitting at home researching import law and trying to build up the website and all that stuff. And it's nice to, like, get in front of people and see that they're excited about it, too. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, um, yeah, you grabbed me pretty good. I was excited, <laughs> man. Uh, my grandmother has master's degrees and just to have them. Yep. She's yep. fucking really smart. <clears throat> um, but she's into, like, masks are a big deal for her. Her whole house is covered in masks. That's awesome. Art has been a big deal in my family for a long time. Uh, I had an aunt who would do those bazaars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she was one of the, like a cornerstone in this, in this Vancouver market for fucking ever, man. Nice. So, yeah, she was one of the original, original people in there. She was there for like fucking ten years or so. What was she? What was she doing? Um, art, art. So, art, art. So that's the thing too, right? It's so, it's so broad. Uh-huh. So she's doing art, art where it's like paintings. Um, she was doing portraits, mm-hmm. and then she ended up like, fucking, I'm gonna go to Goodwill buy some furniture and paint whatever I want on that. That sounds kind of cool. Selling that shit too. It was called Dane Cool Artwork, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. She ended up dying, getting the car wreck right here on, on I five. Um, but her art is still in like, like the the real family's house. Yeah, yeah. I have probably a good 10, 15 pieces of hers. Nice. Yeah, my whole my whole house is covered in art. Like, her art, um, just stuff I'm finding. Like Goodwill's crazy. You go in every there. once in a while. There's something wild in there. They're, they're yeah. like just I always go to see the paintings, mm-hmm. right? I just sold a house up in Onalaska. Okay. Um, and it was an older person that had died, mm-hmm. and so they kind of just left all their shit there. The kids have gone through the house, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever's there is staying, unless you really want us to just throw it away." Mm-hmm. And there was this picture, this painting. It looked like a painting. I'm not sure what it is. If I'm being honest with you, it's a. It's got to be some sort of. Like hardwood print, huh? In a in a beautiful gold frame, but it's Rembrandt, um, 
Rembrandt, Rembrandt researching biology or some shit. Huh. But it looks almost medieval. It's yeah. fucking cool. Nice. And I was so like, I assume hey, that came back. Can I have that? And yeah. she's like, yeah, sure. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not putting it up. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'm into that. So that that's another one that's in my kitchen right now. No, that that's exciting. Just walk. Yeah. How often does that happen? Like, how often do you just go into a place and there's just cool stuff lying around? I mean, like in in homes. Yeah, yeah. All the time. All there's the cool time. Shit in homes all the time. The hard part is getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I also don't want to be a dick and be like, Hey, can I just have that? Can I have <laughs> yeah. that? Right. But at the same time, I'm also I also don't want to be like, I'll pay you for this. Mm-hmm. And, like, make it a really big deal because yeah. they're going to look into it, right? Yeah. And I'm buying this stuff because I think it's cool. I'm not researching and trying to sell it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I want it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just a collector. I, I like that kind of shit. And um, so my ex-wife's from El Salvador. Okay. Right? And so we've been down there. I've bought shit down there. Um, they were making, they make boats out of wood mm-hmm. and, like, paint that stuff. I have, a, I have like, a, I want to say it's about a foot-long boat. I ended up getting back here. Um, a huge, I think I told you about the, her, I want to say a niece or something of that nature. Young. She's about 19, 20 right now. Okay. <clears throat> but she went to college and then minored in art. Mm-hmm. And she did this huge portrait. Uh, all hand-drawn, pen, um, pencil, uh, a little bit of marker and some, uh, some watercolors, I believe. And um, it was gigantic. But she did it for a project. And it was really, I don't know if you know, there's a, there was a huge civil war down there. Yes, yes. So um, it was really depicting the children after the civil war and, like, during the civil war. It was, it's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I ended up getting that from her. She said, oh, yeah, you can have it. And I'm like, how much do you want for it? Yeah. Right? Because like, you know, like, a lot of soul and time went into Right. Like don't that. just fucking hand this to me. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, it's hard sometimes for artists to understand that, like, you should be paid for this. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, this is... So I ended up giving her, like, a couple hundred bucks, and she flipped out. It was, you know? Like, it's also yeah. El Salvador, yeah. right? Where everything's pretty relatively cheap. So. Yes. But yeah. 300 bucks is, is nothing for a hand-drawn... It's, it is fucking huge, I'm yeah. telling you. And yeah. it's all by hand. Like, so I will definitely all day pay you for that crap, right? So it, it felt cheap to me. I felt like I was still screwing her. Yeah, like being a dick about it. Right, yeah, no. but she was excited, everybody's excited. So That's good. That. That, see, if, if both people are excited and feel like they've gotten a good deal, I think at the end of the day, that's, that's yeah. the best Because well, she was just going to give it to me for free because yeah. I loved it so much, no. you know? and. And I even have her report framed right next to it. Oh, that's cool. It's in Spanish. But like describing the describing piece and all that. Why yeah. she did it and no, what it is. No, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. loved it, man. No. So, and then they also do these, um, they take feathers. I think I told you that too, right? Yeah. Like big, either, I don't know what kind of feathers. And they stick them on a canvas and they paint over the feather on the canvas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's little, but it was really cool. Very so nice. I have that shit. And, and yeah, I got to see pictures of some of these things. Yeah, yeah. man, I, like I'll show you. Yeah, but it, it's definitely um, art's definitely a, a passion of mine, and and the fact that you're going down there and trying to help out. Um, so explain like this mask I bought, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's obviously carved wood. Yeah, and then beads glued on. Glued onto it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's what is it? What is it about? So these are traditional masks from this 
crazy little valley in southern Colombia. So, like, the Andes Mountains, I don't know how familiar people are with the geography, but, like, it's sort of the spine of the continent that goes up along the Pacific coast. And up in the mountains, there's this valley that's just basically a circle surrounded by tall mountains. And in the rainy season there, the clouds are so low, all you can see is the mountains going up into the clouds and then the valley. So you're kind of sealed off in this little space. And you can see your entire world, basically. You can see the ring of mountains, you can see the farmlands and the forests down there, and then clouds capping it off at the top of the mountains. That's nuts. And it's just a wild, wild place to be. And it's traditionally was a bit of a trade route, um, like for native peoples and later on, because um, it's a little bit of a low point between the mountains where you can cross over. Okay. And it's just this beautiful place where... There's two traditional peoples there, the Kamsa and the Inga. And the Kamsa were there first, and then the Inga are sort of from the Incan Empire that made its way up to that region um, right around the time of the Spanish conquest. Yeah. And so these two peoples are still living in that valley. Um, there's still a fair bit of traditional dress, especially amongst the men. Um, and living in fairly traditional dwellings and farming and just making a living and keeping these traditions alive. Um, they've got all these crazy traditions of weaving and making special belts for themselves and ponchos essentially for themselves. Um, and then these masks um, that people just have with them in their houses that represent different parts of the culture and have different meanings based on the face that's carved on it and the colors of the beadwork on it. Okay, that's really cool. What, what, um, why Colombia? So, I, I've spent a lot of time in Latin America. I've probably got two or three years in Latin America now. So you probably speak Spanish, yeah? Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not, I'm definitely not a native speaker yet. Right. I'm still hammering out some of the grammar because I didn't, I pretty much learned Spanish traveling. Yeah. Um, I took some in, in high school, but we all know how that goes. Yeah, I, 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 none of it stuck. Yeah. None of it stuck. Yeah. Um, so I pretty much learned by traveling and it's so nice finally getting to the point where you're, you know, pretty good at communicating. It's, it's yeah. really nice being able to share that with people and for some reason everything's funnier in another language i don't know what it is about your brain trying to make the struggle of communication yeah. easier for you but things feel more rewarding and more fun when you're you know puzzling it out oh i, I get it so uh i speak spanish as well okay but uh, i have a huge issue with the conjugation yeah right? so like just putting it in the right order Mm -hmm. I still speak it like a white guy. Oh, know? yeah. Like, no. Still, they get it. Because yeah. it's the same thing as them trying to speak English to me, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, it's, uh, they get what I'm saying. I can have full conversations and yeah. shit, but it's sometimes, in the long run there, the better it gets. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you start not speaking English at all yeah. for a while. and Your brain switches over. You're yeah. dreaming in Spanish. Yeah. So I spent three months in El Salvador, um, on, a, on my externship for culinary school. Okay. So, uh, is that how that all got strung together? The pieces are starting to fit for yeah, me. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my actually, the girl I was 
dating, mm-hmm. right? She was from El Salvador. I stayed with her uncle in El Salvador. Okay. And uh, so I met the girl first. Is this in San Salvador or one of the? It was in San outside? Salvador. Okay. That that's where the culinary externship was. She's gotcha. from um, San Juan which is uh, there's a thing called uh, Route Route de los Flores. Okay. And that goes up through the mountains. So she's from one of the mountain towns. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, way up there, which is actually becoming um, like celebrities and shit are starting to buy up there. Okay, so it's gorgeous, is what you're telling me. It's fucking beautiful. Is is. this like along the Honduras border or? Uh, Other side. Other side, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's almost, it's like the mountains, and then you go down a little further and you're hitting the coast. Okay, So it's the mountains right before the coast on on the uh, outer side of it. Gotcha, gotcha. But it's also connected to Honduras, Guatemala, Mm -hmm. like, she would go to Guatemala, I think, almost every other year, Mm -hmm. and just enjoy it. I hear it's fucking beautiful. I really want to go. I got to get back there. Guatemala just looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I love the, I love the people, all that stuff, and I love that I'm 5'8", and I feel really tall. Yes, no, it's, it's. It's easy to feel tall, sometimes too tall. <laughs> um, wearing brimmed hats can be an issue. You just walking head first into doorways. Yeah, there you um, go. But I, I, I love Latino culture, especially there's more of a playfulness, I think. Um, yeah. With some cultures more than others, like I find the Mexicans very playful people, oh, yeah. and I just, I love that. That's yeah. fun for me. I, 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 learned, I learned cooking. Um, no one speaks any English in the kitchens, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you learn Spanish very quickly. You also yeah. learn like, like I don't, I still can't remember what an eggplant is, right? But mm-hmm. it's it's definitely um, when you have to speak it to get by, it gets really intense. Yeah. But um, I did learn that Mexican Spanish is insanely different because so more, much slang, so much slang. Yeah. yeah. So the way I explain it to people who don't quite understand any any other language mm-hmm. is it's kind of I want to say the ebonics. Of, uh, of of the Spanish language. And I say that because they're throwing words together, they're using a lot of slang, mm-hmm. like just using certain words for multiple things that just nobody else does. Yeah. It's, um, there's a lot of cussing and there's some, involved. There's some cussing, but yeah. it's dangerous because some of it is just normal words in other places and vice versa. Yeah. And so it's, I'm always nervous having picked up Spanish in different countries because, like, some things I say are just you can't say other places. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few words I picked up. I learned Salvadorian Spanish mm-hmm. to begin with, right? They use a lot of vos and vosotros and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, um, speaking of my Mexican friends, like, they're. They what are you talking about? What are you talking about, man? Yeah. Or I'd call them like silly names like a culero, like, mm-hmm. and they don't know what the fuck that means, <laughs> right? I'm trying to be funny, and yeah. they, they don't get it. And... Completely missing the joke, yeah. right? No, but it's it's a lot of fun, man. And uh, I love the Latin culture I have my whole life. Uh, Los An- I grew up in Los Angeles. All my friends were Hispanic. And mm-hmm. A lot of soccer. I played soccer my entire life, and I coach soccer now. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, kids suck. You're busy outside of work. Oh, yeah. I, I stay extremely busy. Um, so, do you play any sports, anything like that? Um, I've dabbled. I got kicked out of my youth soccer league. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I just, I'm not into the competitive stuff so much. Yeah. I'm much more interested in um, beating myself, basically. Yeah. Um, I like seeing that I'm doing better than I was a month or a year ago and, like, doing better still that's yeah. that's what gets me going 
It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah, self-improvement's always good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, there's a lot of that in, um, in the strongman aspect, because uh, you can only do as good as you can. Yeah. Right? And every year you want to do a little better, and you, you're trying to improve, and then and then you go and test yourself and see where you stand. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's it's pretty interesting, man, how, how much people... I have older guys, like the master's class, that really don't even really compete anymore. Yeah. That could, you know, but they're really just into that, like just yeah. improving themselves. Yeah. and They don't or, feel the need to go to the competition. There. Right, or yeah. just like staying healthy now. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you do a strong man, I mean, my, my hands hurt, my knees hurt. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that always hurts because I'm just... Is it like wearing down the knee joints and stuff with all that lifting? or? Um, so one way to explain it is I was 5'10 when mm-hmm. I got out of high school. Uh-oh, I see where this is going. Now I'm <laughs> yeah, so Dang. like you start squatting 700 pounds yeah. like weekly, and it, uh, it really starts to compress things. Yeah, turn that cartilage to paper in there. Um, so it's not just the cartilage yeah. either. Um, like you know your bones are porous. Yep. Um, so mine aren't really. Yeah, so like they, they've been crushed enough to where like it would So take, if I chucked you in the ocean, you'd just sink. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have a harder time swimming now. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about that part of it. I mean, I'm, you're probably super dense. Yeah, I'm yeah. extremely dense. So I'm like 330 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the biggest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Usually I'm around like 275-ish. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went on a big bulk and... It was dirty. It was yeah. a dirty bulk. I just ate all of it. So we're starting to be more of a more of just carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, should start tomorrow. We're gonna do some food prep tonight and see how that goes. But uh, I'm gonna be cutting a lot of carbs, sugar. Sugar's gotta go, man. That's why I was like, I'll just have hot chocolate. Why is it so tasty though? <laughs> it's it's it is just as addicting as like heroin. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. You know, like well, you know, if you're riding bikes, you. You're just being pushed to eat more sugar. Really? Because you burn through so many calories if you're doing, like, if you're out for six, eight hours just biking, you need to be eating a couple hundred calories an hour just to start to keep up with what you're expending. So, have you been to California at all? Only as a kid. I don't remember. I was being led around practically on a leash, so I couldn't tell you much. So, there's a, there's a mountain with a big bear, mm-hmm. right? Uh, pretty well-known mountain, and uh, we were down there. I want to say I was like 16, 17. Uh, I have family down there. We go down there probably every year. Um, but my aunt's boyfriend's best friend, his name was Israel. Mm-hmm. He's a biker, right? Like, and I'm talking bicycles. Yeah. So yeah. mountain bikes. He rides his his fucking bike everywhere. Yeah. Granted, he's not allowed to have a license, and uh, that's a whole nother yeah, story, yeah, right? Yeah. But. He, so he rides his bike everywhere. So he's like, hey, let's go up to Big Bear and blah, blah, let's do all this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's go mountain biking with you, right? I did not know we are riding our bikes there. <laughs> like, I am used to, we're going mountain biking. Yeah. I did downhill for a while. I did yeah. a lot of that mountain biking crap, right? But I was a bigger guy. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, like, ride up the fucking mountain. Especially a downhill bike. Those things weigh a ton. Huh. Yeah, and and you're really like you're you're lean back the whole time. You're really just like, like really just. It's almost like um, damage control the whole time, right? <laughs> like you're just trying not to fuck it <laughs> yeah. all the way down this hill. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it's whoever eats it less or less bad 
wins, right? Well, it depends. Or whoever eats it in the most hilarious manner could also be the winner. There we go. Yeah, I've eaten it um, over the... The finish line's always like a jump. Mm -hmm. I've eaten it on the jump before. See, that's that's what terrifies me about that stuff. Like, and how do you even practice that? Just keep going. (laughs) Just do it over and over again. Because, like, uh, until recently, I was pretty much only mountain biking when I was younger. Like, before it was a serious thing. Like... Disc brakes is not something you had on your bike as a kid. Yeah. So you, you had just rim brakes and something that was just heavier than a road bike, yeah. and you're out on trails that no one has ever maintained, like around the river and stuff. And yeah. so it's it's a totally different animal now, and especially out here. Like, y'all's trail crews are serious. Yeah. There's some nice trails. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful up here. Whoa, I mean, uh, so, so this one... I had no idea it was like 20 miles mm-hmm. to the fucking mountain. And so hours, dude, <laughs> hours of riding a mountain bike on street yeah. to uh, a mountain. Yeah. We get there, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, like, Let's go up. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I'm I did like, not sign up for this. This is bullshit. Even my cousin, who's very athletic, is yeah. like, dude. Like, this is a lot. So now we're riding up the fucking mountain. Because he's yeah, just yeah. going right uh-huh. up the mountain. And we got to try and keep up. <laughs> I'm in the back. I, I hop off my bike for a while, walk uh-huh. that shit up. They're yeah. waiting for me up there. And then we ride all the way down, which was fucking fun. Mm-hmm. I want to say for probably 30 minutes, we're it's riding down run. this mountain, yeah. dude. It, it was just the longest ride I've ever gone on. And it was insane. But we get back down to the mountain. Guess what? We are riding these bikes home. I hope it was downhill at that point. No? It was. It's Los Angeles, okay. so it's like up now, oh, like all yeah. over the place. Oh. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Call somebody to pick this up. <laughs> I cannot. I can barely. I barely made it through this oh. trip. Yeah, no. It was. It was really crazy, man. But, I can't imagine the LA drivers were in love with y'all out there either. I mean, they're pretty used to it. I, yeah. I'm used to like dealing with those kind of people, right? So like. Even though it says walk, you run, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. just shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh man. So uh, let's get back to art, right? Sure. So you do the masks. What mm-hmm. are other? What are your other like really big sellers? Um, the Tamil de Pasto people really love it. Okay. So that one's, um, it's one of these crafts. There's not really a word for, and I'm trying to figure out how I should call it in English because it just doesn't, it's not a thing that's up here, but it's based off woodwork and then it's decorated on top of the woodwork. But this one, um, they take straw from the wheat and the barley harvest and they'll slice it open. They'll take like a razor blade and slice it from the top to the bottom and fold it flat. And then they'll make sheets out of this and dye them. And then the artisan We'll take whatever they have, if it's like a little figurine of a toucan or a wooden box or something like that, and they will lay down these fine strips of straw on top of it to form a pattern. And once they've done that, they'll lacquer over it, and you can still feel the texture of the straw. And it just makes all these cool, either geometric or very flowy designs um, with all these trippy colors on them. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, takes, that sounds like it takes a lot of time. It takes quite a bit of time. And they, it's funny because they use this sort of tacky glue just to get it stuck before they finish it off with the lacquer. And so their fingers are constantly covered 
in this what looks to be terribly obnoxious, like just slightly tacky stuff. And they're constantly rubbing it off and adding it to like balls. And it seems like they're competing to see who has the bigger ball of like nice. wasted glue <laughs> at the side. That's fun, but man. it's um, the artisan I'm mainly working with for that one. Things have really been picking up for her in the last couple of years. Um, so she's actually looking at opening a bigger shop, um, nice. renting some space that isn't just in the front of her house. Because she's hired some more people on, is training new people, and it's it's really nice to see that. Because when I first started this towards the end of the pandemic, everyone was hurting. Like these artisans were really struggling. A lot of people closed up shop, at least for a while. Um, but things are things are starting to turn around. With stuff. What if you did something like this? Would probably be pretty hard to convince some people to do, but like some consignment. Mm. fill an entire container mm -hmm. right and then just you'd have to be sending them money yeah you'd probably have to pay them top dollar for everything mm -hmm. just to make it worth it for them but uh it'd also be hard to convince them to just let you leave with a bunch of their shit yeah i don't think well for one thing just like building that trust to just take all the stuff yeah would be tricky and on top of that they just don't have the resources for it yeah. um they can't really invest in making all that product and hoping it sells. Um, so that's sort of on me. I got to come up with the money to buy it up front from them yeah. um, and then sell it over here. That, that sounds about like the right way to do it. Yeah, case. yeah. I don't want to have them go through all that work and then, you know, maybe it sells yeah. a year from now. That'd be interesting, but man. I, I'm thinking that it's a little bit simpler packaging-wise to be air freight and stuff. So I might wind up just air freighting, like, a pallet or two to start off with and really get the process under my belt Yeah, figured out. So do you make you make relatively good money on it, right? Um, on the stuff, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it's really, the struggle right now is um, getting regular customers. Okay. Um, it's when I'm able to get to good shows... Things do really well, but so many of the shows are, you have to make it yourself. Like, you have to be the artisan, or it's like a flea market. It's like one or the other. You have to make it yourself. Yeah. So a lot of the juried um, shows, you need to be the artisan, present selling stuff. That is weird. To a certain extent, I get it. I'm sure they were, places were flooded with, like, cheap jewelry or things. Um, Interesting. And I know once you get to know people and get into the scene a little bit more, there can be more wiggle room with that stuff. Like, yeah. people understand, okay, there's, here's the mission behind this. Here's what's happening. Like, it's not faceless. It's, it's a pretty direct connection. And the artisans just literally cannot come here. Like, they couldn't get here. Um, so I think once I start uh, getting into the scene more, knowing people... Um, I'll be able just, to get into some you're stuff. You're not just flipping, like the same. This isn't shit. drop shipping. We're yeah, not. Yeah. We're not like yeah. No, no. Every, everyone I work with, I know personally. Like I, I go to their workshop. I film them. Um, I study the history and the culture behind the stuff. Um, it's it's important to me. Like I don't want to just sell stuff to people. That doesn't right. do anything for me. Well, and know, it doesn't do anything for them. It's, I know Lily's getting into a few more. Um, did you meet the other, the other jeweler? 
in the corner, kind of an older lady. Yeah, we were chatting. She right. seemed real cool. So yeah. she's getting her into like some more higher end ones. Oh, very like cool. Like at wineries and shit. Yeah. Right? So if we can figure those out, um, we'll kind of reach out and see see if we can get you in there. Man. That would be Cause, amazing because when I can get in front of people, it does real well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would make sense. It's, I'm trying to build up the social media. I'm yeah. alien to this. I didn't have anything before this business. I'd had Facebook for a while, hadn't been on it yeah. in two, three years. And yeah, I just, it's not me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like... I'm not big on the self-promotion, and I like I do a lot of photography, but I do it for me. Yeah, I'm not showing other people this stuff. It's it's for me. Well, but. You're gonna have to get <laughs> this to work, man. No, no, and I, I feel that I'm yeah. I'm down for that. I'm down for getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, I still don't think I can do the full vlogger and point the camera at myself while I'm yeah. walking around in Colombia. That might be a stretch, but like, yeah. um, I'm I'm more than happy to you know share stuff with people and share what makes this cool to me and hopefully find people that feel the same way about it. Well, I guarantee it. everyone's going to find it pretty fucking cool, man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the little video you sent. I'm going to try and um, and post that stuff. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. So we can get some more traction. I mean, Instagram, I only have like, like fucking 1,100 or something people on there. So that sounds not... pretty solid to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's for the social media world, it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty basic, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on, on Facebook, I, I, pretty, I'm pretty big on there. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, um, it's honestly, it's alien coming back after like two, three years of not being on Facebook. They made some changes, man. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I got on Facebook in 2006 yeah. when I went off to college, and it's a different animal now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a big animal. Mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook are now one. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely getting. I'm I'm pretty close to just hiring someone to handle the web part of it for me. That's gonna be my first hire. Yeah. When this hopefully starts like actually making money and I'm just not throwing my entire savings into it. Yeah. First hire is definitely like a media manager. Yeah. That's that's number one. To handle yeah. all that stuff for you, yeah. get, get a good following. Yeah. I mean, because um, so do you know who Gary V is at all? No, not familiar. So, if you want to become more of a social media presence, look him up. Okay. Um, he explains a lot of a lot of that shit. But we're talking like seven posts a day. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like once a week, maybe, man. I have a like, whole business to run. I can't be too. making content like that. So if it's seven a day, yeah, that's and nuts. you'll be in the like the ten, fifteen thousands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense, but you got to really commit to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you got to yep. do it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so much of a perfectionist that it just kills me on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like my first video, it took me like six months. Granted, not working full time on the video, right. but to figure out the whole video editing process and to get it to a point where I was, you know, happy with it. Yeah. Um, it's still a first video, but I was like, okay, I can put this out into the world and not just kick myself about it. Kind of so I'm, I'm pretty the opposite yeah. on that part, and I just I just do shit. <laughs> yeah. Like this podcast. You've got an Andy Warhol approach to stuff. Yeah, because like, I, I, like, I'm like, I want to do a podcast. People are like, oh, well, you need this and this and that. I'm like, all really? right. Really? Do I? I got a mic, and I got this recording thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to do video and shit, too. Well, I don't know. 
like, for what? Like, <laughs> what are you going to watch us just sit here and talk to each other? It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. No. So I don't know how, to, like, this will not be edited. Yeah. It's just so you're yeah. aware. I don't know how. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just fucking post it. Yeah. And um, the raw is actually um, appealing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty appealing to, to mm-hmm. a lot of people. And, uh, you know, but I do have to explain to a lot of people when, when we start doing this that like, this is, this will not be edited. Yeah. Oh, you say well, something stupid, it's going to be Yeah, it's going to be yeah. on there, right? And, yeah. Which is, yeah, one of the reasons I, I pulled that other one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have another podcast coming out. <laughs> it's it's uh, my buddy Justin. Yeah. Right? I won't go too into detail, but uh, we're going to wait to, we're going to post post this. Yeah, I'm not bleeding anymore. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to post post this, and uh, he needs some time before it's posted. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it's funny because I also, <clears throat> I like being me. I like mm-hmm. being who I am. And for some people, they don't want everybody to see that side of them. Yeah. And it's confusing to me because, like, then why do you have a relationship with this person at all if they don't know who you are? Mm-hmm. So I get image is a big thing to everybody. I don't give a shit. You know? <laughs> I just I don't care. Yeah. No, I'm I'm trying to get more chill about that because I, I I open up a lot around my friends and stuff. Um, I think I'm just so used to the DC culture I grew up in, where it is very much you're wearing a mask all the time. Yeah. Everyone's trying to present a certain way and like has an angle and trying to climb up other people to get to the top, and it's it's rough. You got to realize, okay, I. No one cares. Yeah. You can relax. You can be you. I'm I'm a very strange person, I guess. Uh, okay. No, I, that, that I, I feel that. That's why well, yeah. do anything and everything. If I want to do it, I, I just go do it. Yeah. Right. Like, and so people are like, "Aren't you doing too much?" I'm like, "I don't know. I fucking like it." Right. Like, <laughs> it seems to be working for me. I kickbox. I coach soccer. I coach powerlifting and strongman. I compete in strongman. I sell real estate. That's what mm-hmm. I do for a living. I mean. Yeah, dude, it's fucking nuts, man. I cooked for like 10 fucking years. So this year... I can't believe you kept at that for 10 years, man. That sounds awful. Well, I really wanted a career out of it. But then I started working my way up and realizing, like, am I ever going to get paid? It's still shit at the top of this ladder. Yeah, it's bullshit. (laughs) I'm making like $4 an hour right now. Making like 55 grand a year. And that's garbage money, you know? And uh, Unless I want to give up on all my dreams and go into a hotel. Mm-hmm. And just let them tell me what to make. Yeah. So, yeah. I realized I was going to lose everything doing that. But uh, like this year, I, I made your mind Christmas. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my mind for yeah. sure. Like I got real cold hearted, mean in the kitchen. Oh, so. yeah. I I feel that I, DC was doing that to me before I left. Yeah. The anger rubs off on you after oh, yeah. a while. Yeah. It really does. The snappiness, just being stressed yeah. like that, like. And I don't want to yeah. be that person. Like I don't. I don't you you I could. Feel my first reaction being anger to stuff, and that's just not who I think I am. Yeah, that's not who I've been, and I, I didn't want to sort of surrender to that. I, I can't have that yeah. be my life. It's just yeah, you awful. Be who you want to be. That's good, man. That's good. But so, um, so I make Christmas sauce every year. Mm. So I make pasta sauce. I do this red wine balsamic reduction in it. It's just a red sauce. And uh, I do quarts of it, and I hand it out. I did, I did uh, ninety-eight of them this year. Damn! And uh, I you make this all in one giant pot. How does this go? Two pots. Okay. But it was, uh, it's a fourteen-gallon pot that I make it in. Do you just have some special like giant 
butane burner in your backyard or no, something. I, I just put it on my glass stove. Oh man! And just put all the burners on, dude. <laughs> so it's on all four. It ones. is. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, uh, it, it oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. Uh, everybody seems to enjoy it. You're just trying to make an excuse for why you're doing the powerlifting stuff. You're like, right. I, okay, this is practical. You I can what? lift this giant how pot strong now. I am that thing full. I'm not picking that shit up. Yeah. There's no way. Oh, it's got to be like 400 something fucking pounds. Jesus, I'm amazed your stove can handle it. I am too. I, I need to get That's... another one, another <laughs> stove. So I need another stove. I need another fridge. Yeah. Um, but so I realized it did. Over 300 people wanted sauce this year, and I was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, just tell me where you want it." Blah blah. blah. And then I made 98, and I'm like, "I'm not making more. <laughs> There's no way. Not for fucking." <laughs> so I'm gonna start yeah. selling it. Is yeah. What I'm gonna no, do. if you're getting to that point, man. And then I just uh, Santa got me a, a pasta maker. Oh, okay. To attach to my KitchenAid. Very nice. So uh, that'll be nice because I love making fresh pasta. But the pasta maker I have, you know, you clamp it down to the counter, mm-hmm. and you got to hand turn it, right? Proper Sicilian right here. Right. Really? So my clamp is, is gone. I have oh, no boy. idea where that. I've had it for fucking So you're just forcibly years. holding it against the counter and cranking so it the same time. Unless I have an extra pair of hands, uh-huh. I'm not making pasta. No. It's no. frustrating because I have to hold the thing and turn it. Well, then what about the pasta? Somebody's got to hold it, feed it, keep it going, right? Like, so no, I'm like, dude, this no. sucks. So I finally got the pasta maker. I'm going to have fun with that. Very nice. It it amazed me when I started doing it, how many of these like simple starch parts of food yeah. taste so much better when you make them fresh, oh, and how yeah. easy they are. So easy. Like yeah. stupid easy to make tortillas and all this stuff, and it's just worlds better. Tortillas, uh, pasta, and gnocchi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gnocchi is freaking. That's one I haven't done yet. I haven't done gnocchi. It's pretty easy. It's time consuming just because it's it's a potato. Uh huh. You're taking it down to a liquid almost. Back into a full starch. And, okay. Um, but I gotta say, the, the quality of a homemade gnocchi, it's just eggs and flour, dude. Yeah. That's it, some salt. You know, like that is all. That's all pasta is, man. A little bit of olive oil, eggs, and flour. Boom. Super pasta. simple. Yeah. Um, but we buy all the hard shit and reboil it and everything mm-hmm. like that, where like if you boil fresh pasta too, it's like a minute and a half. Yeah. And you're good to go. Yeah. Versus like this 15, 20 minute fucking over processed pasta is killing me. But it's also good for lasagnas. Okay. I fucking hate the lasagna noodles. You yeah, like, I haven't made it myself in a minute. I've definitely never done it them, with right? homemade noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you buy them and it's like this cheap. Yeah, just yeah. little pieces. But if you make pasta, what I do is I just don't cut it. Okay. So it comes out like a sheet. And huh. I just lay that shit on top. Okay. Now it's also fresh pasta, so it's, it'll be cooked in the oven instead of mm-hmm. having to boil it. Yeah. Get that texture right because yeah. you don't want to overcook it because it'll turn to mush in your lasagna. Like, it's it's the way to go, man. It's the way to go. But. And there's just honestly, I enjoy that process yeah. for a lot of this. It's, I so many like, the good memories I have of growing up was like holidays and the cooking part. Yeah. Like, not so much the presents and stuff, though those, you know, that's awesome when yeah. you're a kid, but, like, for us as a family, it was always, the whole day was everyone was in the kitchen preparing the meal. What kind of food? I mean, you I want to say typical American food, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, a melting pot. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, 
you know, like cooking up some sort of big slab of pork or um, or a large bird of a some variety, you know. That's cool. Um, and then all the little side dishes and stuff, all the vegetables, all the right. starches, um, nothing terribly complicated. I think it got to be a little more with like some of the pastries, like. Um, my mom does amazing cakes and stuff, like nice. really good stuff. Um, yeah. Favorite one of the family recipes is something called Danish nut cake. Oh. Um, if you get a chance, try your hand at one of those because they are delicious. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds good, man. Super flaky and light. And then, um, especially if you add some raspberries into the cream in between the layers, it gives it that little bit of tartness that's like really nice. That sounds really good. Yeah, I don't know if this diet I'm doing will permit that kind of shit, but... I'm sorry to lead you into temptation. <laughs> it's okay, man. I'm into it. I love temptation. Uh, it tastes good. But, uh... So, what, what's your ethnicity, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so... Just the absolute whitest of the white. The whitest of the white. <laughs> um, I, well, further north. Okay. So, a good chunk of Swedish... Okay. Um, which explains you all can't see me, but I'm a weird looking dude. I got these like <laughs> pure that. white eyebrows, um, yep. very pale. I've got a little bit of color these days. When I was younger, I was like sheet of paper white. Wow. Um, and when I was real little, I had that like bright red hair. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of mellowed out. It's gotten a little bit more like um, dirty blondish, yeah. losing a little bit of my ginger identity here at this point. Well, you're getting the ginger comes in on the chops. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, it looks well, good. Yeah, it looks like you did it on purpose. I get a lot of people asking if I dye my so beard. And stuff. I would say the only thing that is throwing it at the I wouldn't ask that question <laughs> is because your eyebrows are so white. Yeah. So, like, I don't think you did that on purpose. <laughs> right? So, if yeah. those are real, I'm assuming everything else yeah. is too. Yeah. So. No, I think everyone is curious, but certain communities will, like, straight up ask me yeah. about it. I was living in, a, especially, like, Fort Totten in D.C. Okay. It's definitely mostly black folks out there. And for whatever reason... They had no problem asking me, and it was really funny because you usually wind up in like a conversation about it. Yeah. But yeah, people are so curious, and then when I travel as well, yeah. um, people are just—I just look weird. They're so not used to it. Do you get pretty burnt then? I'm assuming. Oh right? man, I oh, yeah. I fry. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of uh, second degree sunburns in my life, and those are not fun. I've had one of those, so yeah. I, I'll get them on my back. I was a chubby little kid, mm -hmm. so I never took my shirt off ever. So it's a weird mixture, right? So I'm Sicilian. Mm -hmm. So anywhere that's been in the sun and is used to sun, I will get fucking dark. Yeah. So when I grew up in Los Angeles, everything that was showing, uh, I almost looked Hispanic. Yeah. Because I yeah. would get that dark. Well then, but I never took my shirt off. I go to the Dominican Republic. Yep. Took my shirt off. No sunblock. Sun's a little hot the out there. Yep. And uh, I had blisters. Yep. All over my yep. back. It was nuts. No, it's, you're, you're in for a bad week after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even just like the right before blister burn, mm -hmm. even that is just like I have to stand under the shower of cold water. Mm -hmm. And just it like feels like someone's stabbing my back with 100,000 needles. Yeah, you know? no. like, I've had to like tan, go tanning and do all that other stuff. I've worked probably for the past like four years on being able to, to do that. Because now that I'm bigger. I just don't tan though. 
Like, that's not an option. You do I'm so all. pale, my body doesn't do that. That's interesting. Yeah. I get freckles, and the freckles grow. So, like, first big sunny day of spring, the next morning, these are going to be bigger. Like, noticeably bigger and darker. That's crazy. Yeah, I just got, like, my body does different stuff. So, I have freckles on my shoulders where I got the blisters. Yeah. That shit's there. Huh. But other than that, not really. No. No. I've just, I've finally gotten comfortable enough to wear comfortable enough and not give a shit enough. Like, I'm a big guy already, mm-hmm. so most people don't really talk a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But then, I also just am like, I always thought, okay, everybody's going to be like, you look so fat. Like, you look so weird. Like, mm-hmm. most people don't give a shit. Yeah. No. And I realized that because I was looking around and, and I had a buddy come out and he's like wearing a shirt, like a tank top. And we're mm-hmm. going swimming. I'm like, yeah, take that shit off. He's like... No, everyone's going to look at me. I'm like, take your shirt off. Let me see. No one cares. And I'm like, yeah, you look like a fat guy. Like, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. No one's studying your fat <laughs> right? Like, chill yeah. out, dude. Yeah. So it's almost like if you're chubby, just fucking handle it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It took a long time, but we're there. But, yeah, man. So, yeah, so art. <laughs> you do a lot of art. Um, so do you partake in any art? Like creating or anything um, I've, like that? I've dabbled. I sort of, what I really love is that first bit of the S curve when you're learning a new thing. Okay. Like when you're really quickly picking up skill and diving into totally new aspects of things. That's my favorite part. And then when it gets to like the grind of going from being decent at something to good at something... Yeah. That I sort of lose interest and pick up something else. So we got a good good portion of ADHD going on. Oh yeah, yeah. there's there's a helping of that in there. Okay, I feel that um, too. But no, I, I I did ceramics for a good couple of years. Um, uh, I'm on and off with photography. I tend not to do it as much when I'm in the states, um, but when I'm traveling, I feel really inspired to to capture that because it's so novel for me. It's so cool, and I feel this this urge to capture that kind of magic. That you I'm know, seeing. I know photography is a big deal, and especially pictures are a big deal. Um, I'm very, I don't know, I, I want to say almost against it for myself. Explain. And so what I, what I think about it is if I have to stop and capture a moment, mm-hmm. you've lost that moment. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. I want to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit if everybody else sees it. Yeah. I'm here now. Yeah. I'll never get this back. You know what I'm saying? So... I don't know, I wheel on trips and I'll have like three pictures. Yeah. You know, and then like, and that's like, okay, so I got a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. But my ex would take a bunch of pictures. That, those were the pictures that were being posted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't take a single Yeah, there's no one. pictures of me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, just, if I'm searching for pictures of me, I'm going to be out of luck because like, I don't. You don't take any of you, huh? I don't take any of me. I, I'm really. It's about the rest of it, looking out. Right. Um, and I don't, like you said, I'm not interested in sharing so much. Yeah. I'm happy to do that, like, for the business to communicate with other people what's going on with this stuff. But, like, historically, I just, I like that whole process of capturing composition. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if you're not being conscious about it, I feel like it can take you away from the moment. But when I'm really working to capture it the way I want to capture it, I feel like it makes me more in the moment sometimes. Okay. Um, but I do, 
I, I certainly get what you're saying where sometimes you'll pick it up and it's removing you from the context. You're looking through a viewfinder and it doesn't feel as real anymore. I, I get that feeling sometimes too. Yeah, I just don't want to stop and have to capture every, every one of these moments when mm -hmm. I'm there. You know, like if you want to, if you want to experience Hawaii with me, just come. Yeah. Let's yeah. go do this, you know, like I'm more into that kind of crap and I, I end up leaving my phone in the car. Like, you know, we go to the beach. I miss that time, man. Yeah. When you, when you didn't need a phone. Yeah. That yeah, was I miss that yeah. too. That's hard too. I mean, given what I do, especially like I'm always on the phone. Like I'm nervous just just putting it on vibrate, right? To go over there. I already have a bunch of messages that I'm supposed to answer. I don't want to. No. You know no, I, mean? I can wait. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go, go, let me sleep. Yeah. I'm sleeping. It's yeah. Sunday, uh, which is one of the reasons I do it on Sunday. Uh, in the you morning. think you have more of an excuse? People will forgive you. Just nobody really bothered. This is like the least bothered I am on okay. Sunday morning and then Monday. Okay. Nobody does shit on Monday. So much stuff is closed out here. I'm not used to that. What do you mean, like for the holidays? No, no, no. Just on Mondays. I don't know what's closed on Monday. I can't think of like specific places, but lots of little shops and stuff downtown Vancouver. Well, I know Sundays um, is a huge thing, but but Monday, it's it. This whole town is pretty dead. Like, yeah, it's just not a thing, and I don't know what it is. So there probably is a ton of shit closed, because it's just if you're going to take a day off, mm -hmm. you're not going to take the weekends off. Yeah, right. But Mondays, why not? I, that was one of the things I liked about cooking mm -hmm. is I'd always be off on like Monday, Tuesday. You know, like I I love humans one on one. Yes. Um, Crowds, when humans so are customers, much. though, especially in yeah. like, I don't know if you ever worked retail or something. Yeah. Or just, most people are fine. Some of them are great. Yeah. But you get these people in there, um, like when I was a waiter and stuff, there's a small set of people that just want to feel better about themselves by making you feel like shit. Yeah. And it's just, they have an outsized impact on the rest of your day. So I deal with that. Uh, in real estate, yeah. um, but imagine now the price tag's three hundred thousand dollars, or half a million, yep. and uh, they feel like the thing is, I'm working with you to make this happen. Mm -hmm. If you get in the mode of I work for you, mm -hmm. this doesn't work so well. Yeah, because like now you're starting to be fucking rude. I don't. My job isn't just opening doors for you. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like that's not that's not what I do. I'm like there's. There's so much shit. I actually had a really good time because um, the guy I stayed with when I was up there in Orting, uh, he was in Enumclaw. The other house was in Orting, mm -hmm. about 30 minutes away from each other. So I stayed with my buddy, and um, he's thinking about selling. And he, he always, he's one of those people like, you work for me, so you better work harder. You better do this. He's cheap. Yeah. He's kind of hard to work with. Yeah. Um, but so now he's watching me. I get. I took pictures taken. I had pictures taken at nine a.m. on Friday. Mm -hmm. Drones, all this shit. So I'm getting it back on Saturday, which is why I have to stay because I have to attach lots of lock boxes. It's just a mm -hmm. process, right? Yeah, yeah. So now he sees what it takes to list a home. Mm -hmm. I'm in there for three hours. I'm going through pictures. I'm putting up. I'm going through um, tax IDs, like all this shit to do it. And he's mm -hmm. like sitting over my shoulder, like man. 
there's a lot of this going into it. I'm yep. like, yeah, jackass. Yep. Like, oh, you're talking so much shit. Like, all I do is just make money on nothing. Yeah. Like, this is rough. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way you could be doing this yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the for sale by owners, I mean, I feel so bad for a lot of them. Like, they just don't get how hard it is. Mm-hmm. Most of them end up listening anyways. Mm-hmm. Because they're just like, yeah, fuck this, dude. Like, this is so hard. Like, I will make you more money and pay for me paying myself mm-hmm. and you'll still make more money yeah right yeah. like and it'll yeah. be easier less stressful i'll handle all that shit so it's but then you get the people in there i fired a few clients <laughs> that yeah. i'm just like you know what you fucking suck <laughs> one guy i think you might be better served with another agent <laughs> I wish that this dude i could have interviewed him on this podcast <laughs> this guy was fucking crazy he's a nutball 80 oh, years man. old Moved up here from fucking Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say names, just yeah, so it's no, not no. incriminating. But no. uh, he... So I meet this guy through his wife. Okay. His wife's the only one communicating. And I don't know why, but he's the one who's going to purchase. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then finally she comes out and says that this dude is in jail, in Clark County Jail, being accused of touching one of his granddaughters. Now I'm pissed, right? But they're both like, he didn't do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and his son got in a huge argument, and then so his son threw that at him. Mm -hmm. I did find out that that was actually true. Yeah? He did not touch his daughter, his granddaughter. Okay. It was a dispute, and his son used the law in the wrong way, right? Yeah. Um, So there there is that That's a big one, too. Like, that's... I was very just like, no, fuck this guy, like, the whole time until it was actually proven to me. Okay. He got let out all that other shit, and the son actually got in trouble yeah. for filing a false claim and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but this dude was stuck in a hole for almost two years in Vietnam and, like, eating rats and rice is what he said. Cool. This guy's got a few screws loose. Extremely I imagine that'll do that racist. to you. Oh, boy. One of the most racist human beings I've ever met in my life. Just talked like he knew these things. Right, yep. and I kept being like, "Look, sir, um, my children are half Hispanic, and my ex-wife <laughs> is Hispanic." So if you just politely like, like hinting on him, to, you know, you at least tune it down a notch. Yeah. You know, he skipped the Hispanic, the Latinos. You mean the Mexicans? No, sure. However, you want to classify him. Like, just stay away from whatever that communicates side. to you. It was just he didn't have a car. His mm-hmm. wife was still in Arizona. So, and we're looking at houses. Do you know where Longview, Calso is? No. 45 minutes north. Okay. So I am driving this man from Vancouver, mm-hmm. 45 minutes north to look at homes, like five or six homes. So this yeah. is two, three hours there and then back, like every other day. And I assume he is talkative. He will not shut up. <laughs> like, I was just so just like, oh my God. But we're like, on the, I think, believe it was the fourth house mm-hmm. that he's now pulling out of again. Yeah. Like two weeks to closing, and he's just pulling out for no fucking reason because yeah. he doesn't feel comfortable anymore. And I was finally like, "Look, now you've wasted my time, my money, and my reputation." Yeah. Because yeah. I get deals accepted because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I do great fucking business. I always put everybody else before my own paycheck, which is pretty hard to find in real estate. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty well known, especially with other realtors. I do a damn good job. So when two contracts are in front of their face. And my name's on one of them, 
they usually advise their client to go with mine mm -hmm. because I'm not going to try and screw your client, yeah. right? Yeah. People don't understand that, that the key to negotiation is making sure that no one feels like they lost. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You may not feel like you won, mm -hmm. but as long as you don't feel like you lost, mm -hmm. we got this. Yeah. Because if someone's pissed, this is not fun for anybody. No. no. Uh, sorry, I've been looking at that hair for an hour. Um, well, he's dead now. He won't bother you anymore. That hair? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um, so it, it's it's definitely interesting. So I fired I think three clients total. Okay. In my uh, seven years. And like how many in a year do you have? Like how many clients? In a client. So this year uh, we did five a month except for December, which we did zero. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of houses going for sale these days, are well, there? There, there is not a lot of inventory. Yeah. There's none at yeah. all. But uh, everyone wants to stop about end of November. Mm -hmm. To like January, nobody wants to do shit. That makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. well, it's all it yeah. is, man. So, I expected that. So five, so close to fifty. So, most people, most realtors, close about like four to six a year. Okay. So we're definitely on a different different step. No, that's that a that's yeah. a lot more. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we bust our ass. Uh, hiring an assistant was probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life, uh, career-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, she, it, it's all the shit I don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I don't no. want to do the paperwork. I don't want to write that fucking thing. I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. let me do what I do best. Mm -hmm. You do what you're good at, and yep. we will fucking crush it. She's tripled my business this year. Damn. Just hiring an assistant. No, that's awesome. She's fucking worth every dollar. And that was that was Lily. You met Lily. Yeah. She's yeah. fucking great, man. Um, so she really just does that on the side now just because she loves doing it, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and she makes good shit. It's really cool. Uh, I'm enthralled watching art be created. Yes. Yeah. And so I'll watch her paint. Because she paints with like... Um, I'm gonna fuck it all up. <laughs> textures and shit, right? Yeah. So yeah, like, no. I love like I know you're not supposed to, but if I buy a painting, mm -hmm. I'm gonna touch it. I want to feel the brush strokes. I want to mm -hmm. feel the thickness and and she she has a lot of her paintings come out of you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's fucking amazing. So she does a lot of painting and then that wire wrapping. Watching her just grab a rock. And some wire mm -hmm. and make this like pendant or uh, sun catcher like all oh, it's it's fucking nuts yeah yeah just like the little things you watch them do this and then like they pull and now it's a thing and you're like whoa <laughs> and especially the less technology is in between their hands and the work yeah the more I can both relate to it and also appreciate that I could never do that. Right. <laughs> like, if there's a bunch of tech in between those two things, I'm like, oh, maybe the tech's doing all the work. But yeah. when you see it and you're like, okay, I see how they're moving, what they're doing, and at the same time, nah. I'm, that's Well, you go to some of these bazaars and like, all right, the burn thing, where yeah. they like burn designs and the stuff, that's cool, but like, you didn't do that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean... It's one thing if they're, like, really making their own designs and doing the okay. art on the computer. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of it is just sort of, 
you know, yeah, clip, clip art to the laser printer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. Where uh, the guy who was sitting next to her, mm-hmm. he had like, he draws everything out, mm-hmm. recreates it as a file, mm-hmm. makes that, and I'm like, yeah, okay. There's a whole process sure. here, yeah. Right, like, yeah. you created this. Mm-hmm. You didn't copy and paste that shit, which is another thing, like, when she told me about you at first, mm-hmm. I was like, I was about to be pissed, <laughs> you know, because, like, I sincerely yeah. Yeah. enjoy and love art. Mm-hmm. So if you were just going down and just buying shit and flipping it yeah. up here and making a damn good dollar on it, because <laughs> yeah. you would. There's, uh-huh. You definitely do that. Yeah. But you're, you're not. You're, no. like, really trying to be like, look, this is an amazing piece of art. This mm-hmm. is how it's made. It's a dying art. Like, mm-hmm. we should get together and make sure this happens, like... I loved it, man. Yeah. I loved it. So, yeah. Because, I, like I said, I, I was going to be mad. I was like, all right, let's see what this guy's about. And you look like was, a scary dude to be mad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Thanks. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was refreshing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see a lot of people trying to just scam shit off, and, and that's never okay. You know, they didn't make this. They didn't, they didn't mm-hmm. do any of that. Yeah. So, again, I, I do kind of understand the bizarre thing where they're like, you know, you have to be the artisan, mm-hmm. but I feel like the the movement you're trying to do, the cause behind it. It feels like it fits the vibe. Yeah. It's just, it. no one else is really doing this, yeah. and so it doesn't fit into any of the models that are around right now. Right down to, like, the language, yeah. it's hard for me to figure out how to talk about things and how to market things online because that's where, you know, you find people... Because there isn't a vocabulary for it. Like, crafts are what people do with popsicle sticks on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's tough finding the right language. And even right now, there's sort of a discussion in the, in the fine arts community about, okay, why do we differentiate these things? Why do we call it craft rather than art? And how do we find a new vocabulary and things like that? But. Yeah. From, from the higher level, what is the overall class, down to the specific things, there often isn't really even a word for it, let alone uh, a structure I can slot myself into here, and I just have to sort of build it. Yeah, well, you get to build it. You can do that. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to design on a word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just fucking start using one. Yeah. Right? Like, no, no one knows what stuff is anyway, just trying, trying to find, like... Um, whether I use the Spanish word for things or, um, like, for one craft I'm looking at right now, one of the ones that's sort of most at risk is this panis de pasto, or um, mopa mopa. Um, and it's, it's got at least a 1,000 years of history. A lot of the original history has been lost from colonization and conquest. We just don't know a lot about it. Um, right down to the word itself for the tree in the art form Mopa Mopa, we don't know what language it's from, what it originally meant, if it meant something other than that. Um, it's just a mystery. Um, right up until it started sort of exploding in this city in southern Colombia, um, we don't really know much. We have some accounts of it probably from the other side of the Andes and some artifacts found in grave sites. But... Um, you know, it's, I'm leaning towards now the more traditional word for of Mopa Mopa as opposed to the, the Spanish Barniz de Pasto. Um, but it's, it's these kind of things to, I'm, 
I have to take on myself and figure out what's the most appropriate way to describe this um, and how do I balance like the different parts of that, you know? How do you decide and well, make I feel that? like you're doing it with the right intentions behind it. I hope so. Hopefully yeah. that leads me to something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean when somebody, I feel like if somebody was like, well, that's rude, why are you calling it like that? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you can, you have the intention behind it to explain. Mm-hmm. Like, I am intending this purpose behind that. Yeah. And people will get it. Yeah. You know, so you're not just calling something because it sounds flashy. Yeah, right? like, yeah. But no. it definitely sounds cooler <laughs> than the other thing. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, there's a real reason you're using that. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Are you planning on hitting any other countries here soon? Or? Not, in the ne- not in the next like year, probably two. I, I'm really excited to go to new countries and explore new crafts. Um, the that fresh experience is both terrifying and really gets my blood going at the same time. Um, But I need to sort of flesh out things in Colombia and make sure that I have that sort of dialed in and ideally um, at a little bit higher volume to get it, to get it going. Are they making anything out of cocaine over there? (laughs) Uh, That's a little outside of my product line at the moment. (laughs) Just at the moment. I like that. Keeping your eyes options open I like that <laughs> um, you, you do you do run into some stuff when you travel um, yeah. I have absolutely seen coca farms not in these specific trips but in other times I've been to Colombia and um, I was at one point in my life I was planning on just being a professional diver and doing oh, that for shit. a while so I was living in Honduras for a good couple of months and getting my like diver rescue diver certifications and stuff and there was a lot of cocaine going through that island <laughs> there was a small little like mud landing strip and planes at least every day and i'm telling you there weren't that many people coming off of them. Yeah. um yeah, yeah if you're into diving my buddy uh, who does all my inspections actually he's he's crazy into diving up here he almost Very bought cool. the dive shop that's in town uh, it's off uh, Highway 99. If you okay, if you're still in, are you still into diving at all? I haven't really. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah, it is. And where are you gonna dive outside DC? Like you can go into a quarry and see absolutely nothing, or you can go into the Atlantic Ocean and also see absolutely nothing. <laughs> so like, it's one of those things where I could I could drop a couple hundred on a dive, or I could spend a few more days traveling, seeing yeah. stuff, and it just, for the most part. Um, you know, I, I travel cheap. I'm, yeah. I, I try and stretch that dollar and I'm not like in it for my own comfort. It's about getting out there and seeing right. stuff. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. So how do you feel about, uh, I don't know how long you, you said you got time, right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, how do you feel about like, uh, fuck man, Indians, Mayans, like, like all that culture just being lost and. And uh, how do you feel about, have you been to a lot of the temples and all that other stuff? I have. I'm fascinated by the archaeology and the sites and just, it's you know, it's so much fun to explore. I went to one in El Salvador. Yeah. Huge fucking site. They have a yeah. full one unearthed. They're working on another one. Mm-hmm. There's like at least 10 fucking hills yeah. near there. But they just, 
they don't have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so frustrated. Like, I want to see, you know? The, the flip side of that is that the tech keeps getting better. And, like, yeah. the longer, as long as it isn't pillaged, which is a huge other problem. Yeah. But as long as it isn't pillaged, we're way better at excavating stuff than we were 20 years ago now. Right. Like, it's the amount that we learn is greater the longer we wait. Well, they'd already found a temple that's, or, or is that what they're called, temples? Well, it depends on the use of the, the well, site. They, they've already found one yeah. that's twice as big as the one they have uncovered. Oh, man. It's completely covered in dirt. Yeah. All the way in there. Out, but they've scanned it. Mm-hmm. Right? So now they're, like, just scanning it because yeah. they don't have the resources to unearth it. Yeah. And it's uh, apparently, uh, out of, I believe, the two that they have, they're working their way into another one all underground. Yeah. No, that's... I, I actually, um, in southern Mexico, I was in one of the bigger sites, and I wandered a little bit off the uh, nice. the cut grass section. Yeah. And I, I found a sinkhole back there in just hole in the earth in the jungle just outside of the main area <clears throat> and I, I carry flashlights and stuff with me um, I looked in and it was a collapsed roof to a tunnel of a pre-Columbian structure and so I lowered myself down in there and I explored a little bit in this completely what? unexcavated uh, tunnel and that That's was super fun, cool man. that was super cool if I had enough money man like like money shouldn't be the thing you look for, right? No. It really should yeah. be life and experience and all yeah. that other stuff. But what I have found out is having a lot of it mm-hmm. is pretty fucking nice. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with that. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, you have enough money, you can do anything. Yeah. Like everybody's like, oh well, you can't do this and this. I don't know. You got enough money, you can get that shit done. Like I, that's been my experience in yeah. life. So if I can make enough money, like, what if I go over there? How much is it going to cost to unearth this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. A couple mil. Like, let's do it. More, I would guess it would be more, but I don't know. Maybe you could probably sponsor a university expedition or something cool. and go down and, like, watch them dig it up. I wouldn't be surprised if that would be possible. They would be so annoyed. <laughs> like, Where are you at today? What's up? Like, what do we got? Like, yeah. What are we looking at? Yeah. But, I mean, there are people who do that shit for profit as well. I mean, because you can, right? So you unearth this thing. I don't know about legally. There's well, definitely people who do it. Well, for no, because they, they also like do it legally. There's a way to do it legally. Where like okay. I think you would like pay universities, mm-hmm. archaeologists, to go unearth this stuff, and you would have that sent to like museums. The museums pay you for these artifacts and shit, right? I don't think so. What? I think um, the fuck is that about? I so I was listening reasons? to something about. Um, I know for like fossils, um, there's still a big debate about um, like paying for them or not, and that's just a fossil. I'm sure for artifacts, they probably get sort of laundered through the auction system where they pretend they have papers for them or they showed up in someone's um, in someone's estate or something. But I, I don't think that you're just commercially excavating stuff outside of, like, the ocean. Like, international waters probably, but I don't think that you can just, like, fund an exposition, expedition to dig up treasure. Boo. <laughs> that's, 
that was like my next move, man. Like, but if, if you want to be charitable and donate to a university, I'm sure they'd be charitable. happy to take the money to. Yeah, but I got to be able to fund doing that. I can't just throw you a couple million dollars and just get nothing back out of it. And I'm I, like, the thing is, it's not like I'm trying to make the money back to like make a profit on this. Mm. I want this to be a revolving cycle. Uh huh. To where like let's excavate this, figure it all out, unearth it, like bring this up to the fucking world, mm-hmm. and then make enough money to where we can do the next one. Yeah. Right? And just keep that shit going. I think the concern is probably with the incentives of monetizing stuff. Like, if you're just in it for for money, and even if you, you don't start out that way, if you open the door to people that are, yeah, then, you know, if you're... It would be so easy to cut corners and not learn as much from the excavation. Mm. Um, right, that could go really wrong. Yeah, no, you just and once that stuff's lost, it's gone. You can't recreate it. It's it's a one time opportunity. Yeah, but when you say lost, what does that mean? Like sold on the black market or something? Well, no, well, it's not just that. It's like the context things are in. So it's it's not simply the artifact itself. It's where was the artifact found. Um, what was, was it around there? it? Yeah. What's what's the meaning of it in its place? Um, and and that's just from a scientific perspective. You can also think of it from like a cultural perspective. You know, it's this means something to people that are still there. This is their ancestors. This is their um, their culture. Um, wow. And so it's it's. I I think it would at least feel wrong to me to go and try and make money off that and even with good intentions I think it could very well devolve pretty yeah. quickly no I see what yeah. you're saying that sucks yeah 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 because I, I like I said I want to do it just so we can revolve this over to like mm-hmm. doing another one mm-hmm. right and there and there is the concern that a lot of stuff is being looted actively you go to some places like um, I think it was outside Lima I tried to go and see these huge mud cities that are still left um, and the security guards literally told us, you can't go in there because there's people robbing it right now. <laughs> so they're just actively being looted on a daily basis, and it's too dangerous to go and visit um, just to see the, the ruins because they're armed gangs looting it. Yeah, but what, what, they're just selling that shit on the black market? Yeah, they just dig it up for, for the gold or whatever artifacts they can fence, and, you know, wow. it's just done. So they're just mountains of rubble that's left and now it's you can't get any meaning out of it it's just trash at that point man that sucks yeah yeah but you put you put people in enough poverty they really go for it yeah yeah and it's that kind of stuff's gotten a lot worse in the last couple of decades especially as like you know now that there's heavy machinery and you can just bring a back backhoe in and do stuff there's um for example, there were all these ancient cities that were founded by Alexander the Great um, and the Greeks that sort of got left along the way of Where? that whole march um, up out towards India. Oh, okay. okay. So through all the mountains in there and stuff, there were all these ancient like citadels and stuff that had just been sort of left alone because no one, why are you going to bother with this pile of rocks? But in the last couple of decades, a lot of them have just literally been bulldozed to hunt for whatever treasure coins they could find. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's kind of shitty to see all the, like, all this history and culture that was here 
when we were alive just get destroyed? Huh. Okay. Well, how do you feel about like, <laughs> on that light note? <laughs> well, I mean, so, so there's. I feel like there's like a revolving door on that, and mm-hmm. I say that as as detached as I can be to the love of history and art and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. Um, I go back to let's say like wildfires. Mm-hmm. Right? We're upset at wildfires, so they destroy entire forests. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, it's yeah. what they're for. It yeah. creates new life. It creates new space. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yes, that sucks that people are doing that, but mm-hmm. like, isn't that kind of what humanity and probably just about everything does anyways, right? So yeah. they're bulldozing yeah. that site, they're getting whatever they can out of it. That mm-hmm. fucking sucks. I wish I would have known what they're, what's in there, mm-hmm. what, what, what yeah. it has, what it's doing, because now it is probably going psh, all over the fucking world, right? Mm-hmm. There's being split in 300 different fucking ways. Yeah. Every time it's sold, it's sold in a different direction, like, and people don't even know what they're buying, mm-hmm. right? Like, because there's no way they could, it was just taken. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, now that space has evolved, and and when the next, I believe we're gonna be pretty fucked here in a little <laughs> bit, right? Like, yeah, I can. I can relate to that. It's getting close. Yeah. Like we're 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 pretty close to a fucking civil war mm-hmm. out of political parties in fucking in the US right now. Like mm-hmm. that's getting bad. Yeah, um, and people are just talking about it as if it's I don't, just hearing the language devolve is really depressing yeah. for me. It, it's nuts, mm-hmm. man. That people just are so I mean, I have friends on both sides, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that they can just have so much hate. Yeah. Like, just you're aware, my really good friend is over here. Mm-hmm. And he's a great fucking person. Mm-hmm. And you hate him yeah, because he has a Trump flag up, right? Mm-hmm. Or you hate him because his hair is fucking blue. Yeah. And he's a, he's a Zimzer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, who gives a shit? You don't yeah. know the guy, yeah, right? Like, yeah. you don't know no. anything about him. So, like, you hate him automatically because the the political party they follow. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but... Um, so after after shit goes down, right? Um, we're gonna lose a lot of life, lose a lot of stuff going on. I'm hoping it doesn't get to that point. We're not locked well, into that, but I feel like it, it's based on a few big things happening and a few buttons not being pushed, right? Like I mean, <clears throat> six or so buttons I think it is that can be pushed and just erase humanity. That's fucking scary. And really, it's only it only takes one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one button is pushed, and the rest are going to be pushed. Yeah, yeah. No, if, uh, <clears throat> if we're getting into where we're trading ICBMs, it's, uh, things are pretty bad. It gets nuts. Yeah, yeah it gets, it's, gets extremely bad within minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, the world's ending. That, that is just what it is. <clears throat> um, granted... For a long time, I, I was convinced that we are the plague that is destroying this planet, mm-hmm. humanity as a whole. Um, we really are fucking shit up and just not doing good things. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we... we I, I feel like all the things that made us successful also can be a problem. Right. <laughs> and it's, you know, if there were 100,000 of us, us kind of being dicks about stuff doesn't matter as much, but <clears throat> we're... We're pretty ubiquitous at this point, and we're not very careful about it. So we can we can have a big impact on things. The wrong people definitely got too much power. 
you know, and, and they just keep getting more powerful mm-hmm. and letting letting things just keep going. And it, and it sucks because we really could do some cool, great shit. And we do. I, I don't think... Well, that's I, I, I think it's, it's dangerous to lose sight of the beauty. Okay. Because it's... There's still amazing stuff in this world. Like, yeah. I... And, you know, you, you want to have balance. I, I hate it when people lean too far to either side of it. Um, you, need, you need a little bit of context, and you can't forget about all the terrible stuff. You can't just ignore it. Right. But you also need to, you know, recognize all the amazing things that are out there. <clears throat> That's true. Okay. So a lot of things are being invented and, and being fixed and, mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. There's a lot of effort going into keeping this planet a good place. Yeah. There really is. Um, I just, I do feel like it is outweighed very heavily in the other direction. It's been a dark couple of years at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's definitely, uh, it's been rough, yeah. you know, so yeah. I definitely try to stick to mine and my own, right? Like mm-hmm. just kind of minding my own fucking business and doing what I'm doing because I really, I don't focus on anything I don't have any control over. Yeah, I, I get that. It's, in, in one sense, I almost feel like I have a duty to pay at least some attention to it. It feels wrong to me to just sort of willfully ignore large-scale suffering. Okay, right. But, but what are you going to do? I usually just end up suffering myself because right. of it. But, you know, it's... I don't know. Um, I don't think I have any meaningful impact on it. But I do try and look for places where I can have an impact and... Even when I think the odds of succeeding are low, you know what? I got one life. What am I? What else am I going to do? Right. You know, take a shot. Well, I think you're doing a good thing now. You know. Yeah. And, and even that, there's like there's suffering in that. We're losing art. We're losing. Yeah. Constantly. These, these people are just just. It's generational. Yeah. You're losing that, right? Like, uh, like every generation is probably like one out of twenty of that generation that even want to do it. If and, that, that would be a huge number in a lot of these communities. Right, and, and yeah. are they any good at it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, how are they going to evolve? Because every, every generation is going to evolve it differently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They're going to add and or take away to, to each of the things. And, and uh, like, are they going to do a good thing or a bad thing for this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, and I, I think it's it's about having enough people doing it to where it's insulated from like one bad thing happening. Because yeah. if, if you've only got a handful of people still doing it, um, you know, one person could get hit by a car and then it's done. Yeah. Um, it needs to be large enough to be, to be healthy, to where they're exchanging ideas, um, and it has its own sort of culture still there. So it's not simply, it's often much more than just the physical object and the process of making it. Uh, so many of these things have a story, a meaning, a cultural resonance to them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's tricky not crushing that in the modern world. Um, one of the things that I worry about is this is inherently commercializing that. You're, you're putting a dollar value on something that often people haven't really sold before. More than um, traded, so for that. Uh, traded or stuff is often extremely undervalued. Like they might sell it for just a pittance, like almost nothing for some things. Um, and it comes out of not really being as involved in 
um, in the modern economy where it was, you know, a, a lot of these places were just making things for themselves. You're not thinking about it in that term, those terms, and you're not really valuing your labor. Um, and a big one is just as cultures develop and economies modernize, there's often a sort of lack of respect for tradition. There's a rush towards modernity. There's a desire for new, modern, and yeah. especially Western stuff. And people uh, don't value things like I think they did before or they will in the future. And we've, we've all gone through this process in the developing world, in the developed world. Um, you look back at Europe and it had the same history of people um, running away from where they came from. And then once they got a little bit wealthier, they start searching for it again, but often it's lost. You have a few generations in between <clears throat> and it, that's all it takes. And then it's gone forever. So like a, like a Japan kind of thing. Yeah, Japan did an amazing job of modernizing. It's I'd, I'd love to go there at some point, <clears throat> yeah, but they they modernized incredibly quickly and managed to maintain, from what I can tell, and very far from an expert in the culture. Well, so I I feel like it's because what how they did it, mm -hmm. right? I feel like one king, yeah, right, or emperor or whatever it was called, um, was like, no, we're going to modernize everything mm -hmm. right now, and we're cutting off tradition. <clears throat> I don't want anything about it. Blah mm -hmm. blah. And so they did it so hard and mm -hmm. so fast that it upset so many people Yeah, that, like, once he stopped being in power, they were like, you know what? No, we want tradition back. Yeah. We want this. We need this. So, yes, modern is great, mm -hmm. but we should never forget where we came from. And, yeah. and, like, they really started trying to equal that balance mm -hmm. to where I do hear Japan is extremely modernized. Yeah. Like, it is absolutely amazing, but there are places you can go and be immersed in tradition. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's pretty cool. It's just really cool, and especially doing it so quickly and without as much Western influence is really neat. Because well, it's... The weird thing is I think people misunderstand. I, I know that there's a lot of people like, Westernization is, mm -hmm. is terrible, and like it's just destroying the world, blah, blah, blah. Like, you have to understand Western is new. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if we're going in history, what is it, like fucking... Two, three hundred, four hundred years old, the entire United States, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just all oh, that, that's fucking nothing. No, that's no. nothing. And, and we're just creating all this shit. Boom, like just Los Angeles, An Chicago, New York. Yeah. Just boom, these huge, huge cities with millions of fucking people, mm -hmm. like just exploding and trying to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And like, so I think they, they don't quite understand where, like, I feel like the tradition that is the United States right now, is modernization. And it's it's just being... In many ways, it's sort of synonymous. I, I, think, I, I think part of where it becomes a problem is not necessarily in... You need a lot of the efficiency and stuff that comes with this. Because yeah. you want people to be, to be wealthier and have more stuff and be more secured and have developed health care and education and all of this. And that's... You can't get that without modernization. Absolutely. It just doesn't work. And but I, I think it's finding the balance there, and not rushing to simply mimic what the U.S. did twenty years ago, which is often how it works. People look at this and they think that just because we're doing one thing a certain way, that that's how they have to 
copy it um, rather than taking the advancements and applying it in the local context. I think there can be more of that, and you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's smart. You, you're a good conversation. I like you. <laughs> Thank you. You're helping me understand a few things that, like, some some things. You ever have a concept and you're like, I feel like it's like this, but I don't really have an. Anybody. You're kind of on the edge of it. Right. Yeah. I just there's not a lot of people that have conversation like this to where you can like hear an alternate perspective on something mm. to help you understand something a little better, right? So I, I've I've been in this whole just like humanity's a plague fucking feeling for yeah. a long time, right? But I also understand reality. Mm-hmm. So capitalism is like a double-edged sword. Yeah. It yeah. really is because capitalism is fucking phenomenal in so different, so many different aspects yeah. if used correctly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is so taken advantage of mm-hmm. that, and used incorrectly yeah. that it's almost... Like the source of the fucking play in in the yeah. U.S., so it's it's, it's it's like how can we harness it and take advantage of the, right. the benefits? So that's and why like I am what I am, yeah. right? Like I'm a realtor because I make fucking money yeah. doing it, and I can't be who I want to be and do the things I want to do to help and and create and do all this other stuff without money, yeah, and without doing that kind of mm-hmm. crap, right? So it's it's definitely difficult. I mean, if I want to like for strongman. Mm-hmm. It's a small community. I mean, all I've spent the past 10 years doing is trying to make it real uh, yeah. and a thing. Yeah. And, like, bring people in and create this community of, like, just love and compassion and, and strength, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's, it's difficult to do. I mean, the fighting community is getting big. Like, it's just so much shit, man. Like, I want to be an impact somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think most people do. I think most people are really looking for a way that they can add value. And that I, I feel like I've realized that the most important thing for me is being needed and being useful. Okay, but, but so I also feel like there's a ton of that, mm-hmm. right? But there's an unrealistic view on a lot of it. And I feel like people don't understand, like, you would be able, you mm-hmm. in particular, would be able to do a hundred times more and a hundred times more good Yeah. if you had more money to do it. Yeah. Right? So, like, the hard part that's holding you back right now is the monitor, monetary part of it. And it's and it sucks because you can be touching so many more lives and being able to just... What if you were just in Colombia mm-hmm. going artisan to artisan, making these videos? Make, mm-hmm. Like, money isn't an issue. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're just doing that and someone else is handling your, your shipping. Someone else is at these bazaars mm-hmm. doing your work, yeah. but yeah. with the same enthusiasm and intention behind it. That's hard. Yeah, Where no, you that's hard. Find someone who's going to do that, <clears throat> right? And so it's just there's so many ways to make a real effort. But then now, now somewhere in here, are you going to be able to find someone who's in business enough to run the business section of this mm-hmm. to make your shipping and all this other stuff yeah. happen? Well, it, what's that person going to be? Probably a little bit more on the capitalistic issue. Probably, yeah. yeah. He's going to be more concerned yeah. about the money part. Yeah. So now you're going to have to be concerned about, can you complete your mission doing mm-hmm. this, doing what you want to do, while the business end is being held the right way, mm-hmm. right? And then being transferred over to people who, again, like you, want the mission statement to be... There's this yeah. whole section yeah. in the middle. Yeah. 
how do you how do you grow and how do you scale and right and yeah. so it's just this whole people want to do things the right way but don't understand that like the shitty way the shitty part of the entire system has to be included to make this a real thing mm-hmm. you know or you can spend your whole life doing it on a very small scale and being meaning, meaningful and and but that's not going to help stuff. a lot of people but yeah, yeah. Your, your impact is going to be very slight yeah. Yep. So it, it's it's really hard, you know. If you want to make a big impact, you got to make a really big impact and take mm-hmm. that huge risk. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know, man. I mean, intentions are great. Sometimes they just don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sucks, but like, yeah, we got to do it. I, I'm down. I'm down <laughs> to help out however I can. No, man. that's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'd love to figure some shit out and. And I talk to a lot of people all the time, especially doing these. You get to figure out who people really are. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's pretty cool. I think you got really good intentions. I think you got a really good base plan. Yeah, for thanks, what, man. Yeah, for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, and I think it's cool. I think I think it's interesting. You've already looked into, like, cargo ships and shit. Like, yeah, like yeah. And I, I found out, like... I understand the legal side of things. So like I've done all my own paperwork. I've done all the customs declarations, forms and stuff I need just for bringing it on my backpack. That part I'm pretty confident in. Um, it's the scaling up to like paying someone to put it in a box and bring it over here for yeah. me. That's like the next hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's gotta get through customs. I can't imagine how fucking rough that's gotta be. Yeah. Especially cause it's, it's smaller scale and everything is designed to be coming out the back door of a factory. Like, all of these processes and what everyone expects from it is not someone working out of their hut and, you know, doesn't actually have a proper address Columbia, which yeah. is some of this stuff. Uh, oh, because you have to, like, write up the paperwork and all that yeah. shit, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because how many people have an actual address down there? Most people do. It's not as bad as, like, Nicaragua that doesn't even have a proper address system, but... uh there are genuinely people where it's like my address for them is 25 kilometers heading north on this road. Wow. That's basically my address for it. And it, you know, so far it's been working okay. Um, yeah. But that's and, on a very, very small scale. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping that people take a little bit of pity on me in terms of the importers and, you know, are willing to work with me even though, this stuff is more complicated. It's it's not the same as just, you know, here's the name of the factory and the company and it's coming in a truck. I'm I'm basically doing all the export paperwork for these artisans and stuff. Like I'm explaining what the forms are, here's how this works and all of this. So, so who could we talk to? Right? So that that's that'd be my next train mm-hmm. of thought is who is doing something at least slightly close to what you're doing? Who'd be able to explain how to maybe get that Small-scale coffee importers. I've reached out to a couple, and I haven't gotten anything back. But definitely, there's like a big movement in coffee for small-scale buying out specific farms. Um, And so I I think they do actually something very similar to what I'm doing, but for coffee and like one specific product. I like you, man. You're you're actually so like you have you have answers and you're actually doing some of the shit that like 
Some of the times when I do these these yeah. conversations, people are like, well, I don't fucking know. Never thought of that. Like, I should do this. I should do that. But you're really on top of it. You're really trying to make this happen. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. yeah no, no I'm serious. Thing. This is a real thing. Like, I Have you checked out the website at all? I have not. Oh, I you should take a look. Yet. Okay. Um, I'm pretty happy with it now. It's it's really, it's looking very professional. Um, that is a big deal. So this, this photographer mm-hmm. that I hired for out there, expensive yeah right? yeah but um i paid him easily there's mm-hmm. no fucking issue yeah we we looked at his website like that website sold us yeah what yeah. you do like how it looks all this other shit you look it's so important professional. professional you can't Absolutely. have anything sloppy on right and so then yeah. so then you have all your review you had reviews on there first thing my assistant did is calling some of the people that do reviews. Yeah. You can pay people to put reviews on your oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. anytime. So we called them, and they're like, yeah, he's fucking great. Nice. Like, and so we, we he's, he comes over, and he shows up just like I expected him to, almost over-professional. Mm-hmm. He's not here to have conversations with the seller. <laughs> That's why I also go to these photographers, yeah. like, these things where I'm like, uh, he is doing stuff like, I've had photographers be like, oh, well, here, let me move this, let me move that. Mm-hmm. He's going into the next room he's going to be in, mm-hmm. and he's like, move this, this, and this, cannot be in the photos. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this pic, this this room. Yeah. He finishes this room, he comes into the room, we just, we removed all the yeah. stuff. Yeah. The seller and the realtor, like, we fixed this room the way mm-hmm. he needs it. He makes sure it's good. Then he'll head to the next room and be like, this and this, this needs to be moved by the time I get here. Mm-hmm. Boom, and he's back taking photos over here. Yeah. So. It was phenomenal, the yeah. professionalism that this guy had. But that website, having it look professional will really get you taken serious right now. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, it, and that's that's where the scalability is at. Like the 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 shows and the juried art shows and stuff. I think that's what's going to keep me afloat for the next year or two as I'm really trying to build things up. But in terms of making an impact, it's all about getting that website going and really getting traffic. Yeah, because you're you're a worldwide store right there. So far just the US. Okay, right, um, right. Tax yeah. reasons it's gonna be complicated shipping to Europe. Yeah. But yeah, eventually. Yeah, because you start getting to that shit, you're gonna find some real big buyers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, are you ever gonna have something like worth a couple thousand dollars in your in your ships? Yeah. yeah. Like specific pieces? Yeah. I, I would imagine so. I'm I've flirted with the idea already, and people have talked to me about like commissioning specific works, because um, there are some things that are just big, um, and I'll probably have a couple specific pieces on the site for people to buy generally. But big. I think, well, like the masks that you have, yeah, um, those artisans, you know, a mask like that takes a couple hours just to carve out of wood, and then even longer to decorate with all the beadwork. Yeah, but like, how big are we talking? We're talking taller than you. Masks. So they, masks. Yeah, they'll they'll make these huge masks, like six feet tall, um, and then they'll spend months working on them. And these are these really are prestige pieces for them. Like these are the artisans are showcasing their work. They're going and displaying this. Like it's yeah, but a real... like you go down there. Say I go to Columbia. Mm-hmm. I, I find this gigantic fucking mask. Yeah. What are they like? Ah, uh, two hundred dollars. It's yours. Oh, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, at least, they at least understand that yes, it's worth yes. it. And it depends on the, it depends on like the region and the artisan. It's the more connected they are um, to the modern economy, the better they understand that. And, um, and it's also how valued are they in the community. 
Yeah. Um, like I think the ba- masks are much more highly valued in the community than like the palm mats that I sell. The palm mats, it's all women that do it, and I think they're they're really undervalued. They're selling some of them for like twenty five cents in wow. their own. Like, and this is a full woven palm mat for Whoa. for in their community. That's all they can get for it. <clears throat> um, so you know, it's who's going to keep doing that? No one. Yeah. You can't. That's not worth your time. It's taken days to make one of these things, and you're getting a quarter out of it. Wow. Yeah, man. So how much is like the the biggest mask you've seen? Like, what's the biggest price tag you've seen on one of these? I, I can't remember what like it would sell for, but it would be like one thousand five hundred, two thousand dollars, something yeah. like that, probably. Um, Fuck. It's still staggeringly cheap for oh yeah I was gonna say this like is like half a year that six, a guy's putting into that yeah easy <clears throat> yeah and <clears throat> I'm I'm paying more than retail for the vast majority of stuff that I bring up yeah. I'm I'm at least paying what their retail price is and usually paying more <clears throat> that's, yeah that's good man yeah. yeah yeah for some of this stuff I'm like I I need to pay you more than that yeah. like it's I can't like I can't pay you what you know yeah. yeah no yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, oh, fuck, the, the coolest thing we got were hammocks mm. in El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, $40 for a handmade, I'm talking. And it takes so long to make one, those. One that fits me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, these are huge. Yeah. $40. I was like, here's 60 <laughs> just so I can feel a little yeah, better about no, this. Could no. put a smile on your face, yeah. even though this is a $400 fucking hammock in, yeah. in the U.S., dude. Yeah. Like. Just hammocks you can make a ton of money on. I'm, I'm looking at bringing some in. There's a, <clears throat> It's actually the, the community that I've had the hardest time bringing things in from, but there's a, a nomadic community in northern Colombia, um, the Waiyu people. And it's sort of... Some people describe them as matriarchal, but I, I think it's a little bit more mixed than that. There's sort of shared responsibilities depending on the gender, um, but women have like a lot of power in that community. But they're, they're up on this desert peninsula, and part of the year they live in huts made out of cactus wood, which is, oh. there's not much wood in a cactus. It's like, yeah. you're getting like a finger's width of wood, and they put these together to make these small huts. And then they're also like nomadic herders on top of this, um, with like small populations of goats and stuff that go around. Wow. Um, but they're, they're famous for their weaving. So they don't, they would carry with them just a small bag that they wove and those bags called susu are famous and it's a huge part of their culture part of their origin myth involves a spider that taught them weaving like all kinds of crazy stuff um but it's a difficult part of colombia not the most difficult i'm still willing to go there but it's um you know you hear the local people worrying about themselves getting robbed in the uh, shared taxis and stuff wow and <clears throat> when I was going to visit last time I was down there this summer, um, there were these big strikes going on over power supply and corruption in the local government and things. And I couldn't get to the next village I was trying to get to because the entire highway was shut down with protests. And by highway, I mean two-lane paved road. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I literally had to get out of my shared taxi put my backpack on, my extra bags with me, and I walked the next four miles Jeez. through the desert to get to the village. Wow. Um, 
And then that's in like the more connected parts of the peninsula. There's lots of it that are just dirt cheap tracks. And um, um, I'm meeting like local artists in, in the in the main village in the center of the place. And then I hop on the back of the motorbike and we go ride off into the desert. And yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, at times a little bit scary. You're putting your trust in people. Yeah. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's a trip. So if you look on my podcast, there's this <clears> one <throat> called Corey the, uh, Cody the Disciple. Okay. And uh, he did a lot of this for religious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, he went to India. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got tricked mm-hmm. and left with nothing Ooh. in this shit part of fucking India that he had no way of getting out of. He had no nothing. And he's like... Is this in one of the major cities? I don't know. Okay. I don't know exactly. It was actually on the outskirts. <clears throat> okay. Like, but it was like a, a big city for where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, dude, there was nowhere. There wasn't even an alley to sleep. Every house was touching each other. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that wasn't touching was a road. Yeah. Like, he's like, dude, I couldn't even sleep in the street. Like, yeah. he ended up in the forest sleeping next to this fucking witch's hut that was out there. Like, it was, it was fucking nuts, dude. Like, so I understand the the being nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Putting some trust in somebody and just being left for dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. I'm yeah sure that's a shame that that happened. That's a. It was a good life experience for him. <laughs> Maybe and, at the end of I it, mean, yeah. When you when you're going into like super Christian, like he wanted to be like a disciple of Christ and like all okay. that stuff. I think all that. See, not a little late for that. Tribulation. What do you mean? I mean, it's been a couple thousand years now. Yeah, yeah, I I know. I mean, so that's I'm not I'm not crazy religious at all. And mm-hmm. so he, to hear his story, he definitely went on a on a journey. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's back. He he's he's half black, half white. Okay, he's half black, half German, and mm-hmm. so it's like a very weird mix for him. Um, he speaks Russian now. Oh boy, goes to church mostly in Russian. Uh, is in a screamo band, <laughs> like a metal screamo band. This is quite the person. Russia, this is also Christian rock. Okay, yeah. At the same time, so it's it's like, yeah, you gotta. So I ended up cutting it into two because mm-hmm. we didn't. My computer was fucking off. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like it was recording. Oh. So we stopped it halfway, and again, I don't know how to do any of this shit. I don't know how to splice it. Yeah. So we just did two. Yeah. We had two of them. Yeah. So. Listen to that guy. He, he was fucking nuts, man. Man, that's like, wild. I, I do enjoy talking to people that really into theology because it's yeah. it's usually a very different perspective, and it's neat to sort of, I don't know, hash that stuff out, see where they're coming from. So I love I love mythology, theology. I, I love all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm very, I don't know, I'm in a weird place, right? Because uh, my ex-wife was... From El Salvador, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they were Mormon. Okay. In their city, um, her dad was the president, and like, so they're extremely involved. Like, I'm mm-hmm. talking behind their home, there was a, a vacant lot. They convinced them to build the church there. Okay. So on the other side of the fence, that he actually had a door put in, mm-hmm. so he could get to the church. He doesn't even need to go outside. He just opens the door. Yeah, he goes out. in, and he's yeah. he's he's in the in the parking lot for this fucking church, right? So they were extremely involved. Um, I joined. I did all that stuff, uh, mostly to kind of keep the family together and then do all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, 
there's so much symbolism in it. There's there's just so much in their rituals and like all that other stuff. And it's very interesting. Uh, but I'm also very on the um, I'm looking very much into like paganism and, and hmm. like witchcraft and like all that other stuff now. And I just want to be open minded more. Yeah. I'm sick of someone saying this is the way and the only way. Like I just I don't I don't like I don't like being put in a box like that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I want to be able to think what I want to think and do what okay. I want to do. I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing some of these things, as long as I don't feel bad about it, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be made to felt feel bad about it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It's interesting. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that shit. I feel like it's not good for your body. No. Your body's not. So alcohol is poison. Mm-hmm. And you're basically poisoning yourself to see how much you can handle. Right? And then you get drunk off of it. Yeah. Being drunk is... I've never made great decisions being <laughs> drunk. I drank a lot. Yeah. But I've been sober for 12 years. Okay. So like... It's a good move for me. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, I don't feel like anybody ever gets drunk... To make good decisions, you know? <laughs> no, I don't think that's the point of it. <laughs> and, uh, and smoking, all that other stuff, I understand its uses in, like, uh, like culture-wise, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, um, doing, like, what is that? What's that stuff called? Like, they're doing in the desert. Oh, man. Like peyote? Or? Peyote. Mm-hmm. Like peyote, if you want spiritual <clears throat> trips. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've done quite a bit of mushrooms and acid and all that other shit, and and really got my mind open quite a bit mm-hmm. on a lot of those trips. And it's and it's more of like, especially I like mushrooms a lot, because I feel like acid, you do acid, and it's like fucking, I'm not high, oh, I'm getting high, oh my God, I am high as shit. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, then you come down, right? Mm-hmm. And you were just that fucking billies that whole time. Uh, but mushrooms kind of works you up. You're there, and then you kind of work your way back down. Mm-hmm. It's a little more controllable for me. Um, again, still, years it's been since I've done any of it. But yeah. uh, I do remember, like, like, doing mushrooms, you come back with just this outlook of, like, everything is so fucking beautiful. And, like, I do feel like we, as creatures, were meant to experience some of that stuff and uh, go on some of these spiritual journeys for ourselves and, and figure a lot of this stuff out. So They definitely were... A part of a lot of cultures yeah. throughout history. Yeah. You have any experience with any of that kind of stuff? <clears throat> um, not really. I. It, it is interesting because a lot of that's integral to some of these communities that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like cool. more like the smokable. Um, not smokable, but like ayahuasca, oh, yeah. um, which I think is DMT, a concoction yeah. of that. Um, supposed to be very potent. <laughs> I, I've never tried that. Um, it sounds really intense. I've talked to a bunch of people that have that have tried it, and I think some of the some of the people I'm working with might be um, pushing for me to try some <laughs> of it. But it, it is very interesting, and like um, that, or like. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like you'd ever try it? Um, I'm kind of open to it in that context. I've been. Um, a little put off with all the travelers that you meet in South America who are like just going to do that and like yeah. it feels a little I can't put my finger on it it feels a little weird um, like the drug tourism thing yeah. it is interesting how it's like that yeah. um, I mean Jeff Rogan definitely opened it pretty hard Yeah, you know I mean he's definitely never really um, 
been quiet about mm-hmm. his use of like ayahuasca and, and like just DMT in general, mm-hmm. a lot of mushrooms. He he microdoses every day, which is fucking nuts to me. Like, I don't know about it. Anytime you're using something every day, I'm a little concerned. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the thing is, like mm-hmm. mushrooms, for, like, like let's look at this scientifically. It mm-hmm. is expanding your brain and being crushed against your skull, which is why your body starts, why you start seeing shit. Hmm. So like, maybe not a good idea every day. I don't know, just my thought. Like, I don't want to expand my brain like that to do that kind of shit. So, I don't know, man. I just, I do feel like the world's consciousness is evolving. Um, What do you mean by that? So, what I mean by that is I feel like there's some people that like we can have this type of conversation with right mm-hmm. where, where you can have the conversation um people are up for understanding your point of view mm-hmm. um they're they're into learning and becoming more aware and yeah. more and smarter and and all that other stuff but then there's also this whole group of people who haven't gotten there yet who are really just like so into working on tribalism, mm-hmm. being involved in some sort of community so that they're yeah. accepted, yeah. and they're just working towards this common goal of just being accepted, really. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that's all they care about. Not actually improving the planet and, and mm-hmm. existence as a whole. Um, but there are, like I said, like we're evolving towards, I feel like the woke mo- movement was started with the best intention mm-hmm. by people who really wanted to just include other understandings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then these people who, again, are just all about being accepted and all this other crap, have taken it and devolved it mm-hmm. back down to its base, just wanting to fight over shit, you know? Like, yeah, and... And, and I think there's there's a real current of sort of dogmatism that comes along yeah. with these things and just sort of rules and about following rules as opposed to intentions behind things and what, you know, it, it, it becomes, are you checking the right boxes rather than are your intentions good and how is even something as subtle as tone, you know, the yeah. exact same conversation could be a great conversation with a different tone. Um, and it's with a lot of that stuff. Like I don't, I don't know. It's it's so touchy talking about so many oh, things yeah. right now, and it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but I, I do feel like there are those people. Like I'm definitely, I tell everybody all the time. Like everybody's like, oh, you always. I, I get it a lot where people are like, oh, you always think you're right. Mm-hmm. Well, prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm more than happy to, to change my understanding of something. Yeah. But I have to understand it the way you're trying to explain it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I just don't see your point of view, so I don't feel like I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you were to explain it to me, I, I have changed my mind on so many different things so many different times. Like, to say that I just always feel like I'm right. Well, I am me. Right. It's been a whole process of trying to be more right over my life. You know, right. it's ideally it's not stopping, but hopefully I'm getting more correct. I'm always willing to grow uh, and understand. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference here. Yeah, yeah. Um, where just some people are just like, "This is right, no matter what." Mm-hmm. I always tell my buddies, like, like well, I don't care what side of the political platform you're on. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you agree with everything, all of it. Yeah. 
right? You follow this one guy to the death because mm-hmm. every single thing he says, like you're for sure on the board with that, like mm-hmm. all of it. Well, I mean, then, then stop calling you that. Mm-hmm. Be your own person. Mm-hmm. Understand that every single person in every single political party thinks and feels differently about everything. Be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you a Democrat or mm-hmm. a Republican? Why aren't you, you, voting on what's best for what you feel goes that direction in that moment? Yeah. So I, I gave up on politics completely, and actually Lily mm-hmm. is the one who opened my mind up to um, at least local government. I think local government's underrated. Right. I think there's amazing stuff happening on the local there level. There really is, and yeah. they're trying to change things, and it's not on a scale to where things are being perverted mm-hmm. or corrupted. Yeah. The, the same forces that I think are, are turning everything to such shit in national politics aren't as strong on the local level. Right. And I think it's, you, you absolutely got some nastiness in places, but it's, there's not as much grandstanding to be had. So you can't just right. get up there and say ridiculous stuff and get time on cable news. You, you actually have to talk to people and get something done. Right. So. Well, so uh, one of my biggest biggest deals, especially when we get into politics, is uh, 2008, I turned 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to vote. I'm sure you remember the big... That was Obama. Yeah. Right? That yep. was the big one there. Um, and I'm very honest about this. I voted for Obama, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I want to change. He was no. black. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, let's do that. You know what else I voted on? What? All the other shit that was supposed to be in there. I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing. Of single, I'm going down checking boxes based on that guy sounds cool, you know. Like that sounds fine. Like yeah. you want that guy in there voting, uh-huh. you know? Like because yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Because they don't just give you the ballot for who you want to be president. You know, you don't have to check every box. I did They'll not still know grade that. your paper if you I do have, just I want to vote. I thought I had to fill in <laughs> no, one you for everything. You're allowed to skip questions on like this I'm one. 18, yeah, no, I, I, I feel no it. I feel it. I don't even remember what else was on the ballot because that was my first election too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember what else was on that ballot. So, so, but that's the thing. Like, honestly, I can't. I don't know. All I know is there's a conservative side and a liberal side mm-hmm. to these things. Just because I have friends on both sides and they yell at each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know which one's which. Uh huh. Which one's Democrat and which one's Republican? Mm-hmm. I have no fucking idea. Right. I I keep myself on the back burner enough to where like I try not to figure it out because mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in your shenanigans, right? It is exhausting. I don't know how people keep up with all of it. It seems like, like it, very intensive. It should be a full-time job or yeah. you shouldn't call yourself that thing. Yeah. Because there's too much to understand and know. You're telling me you read all his shit, all his bills that he's mm-hmm. passing, all that other stuff. You know it's that dude's job to read that bill? Not even. A lot of the bills are just so big you can't read them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's what that guy does for a living. Mm-hmm. And you're telling yeah. me you read not only his, but the opposing one as well? Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Yeah. Like, what, what, what timeline are you working on here? Like, do you have an infinite amount of time? I don't. I barely have time to handle my own shit. You know, local government. Well, to be fair, you've got a lot of shit going on. You're a busy man. But, like, I'd rather fill myself with stuff that I love and people I love mm-hmm. than try and find out about stuff that... Honestly, I feel like you vote for president, I feel like you're wasting your fucking time. They're going to put whoever they want in there anyways. You think it's all rigged? Oh, yeah. Huh. 
I just feel like there's there's a group of people at the head of this that are running America that have nothing to do with actual politics. I think you give them too much credit for competence. Interesting. I, having grown up in D.C., okay. you bump shoulders with people that are in positions of power quite a bit. Um, I have a friend who works in the White House. Wow. Um, and they're they're just trying to control the chaos all the time. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. It's 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 not nearly organized enough to where there is some secret cabal making decisions in a back room somewhere. They're they're absolutely people scheming to get things done. Yeah. But it's in much more the down and dirty like um, let's send a bunch of campaign contributions when this bill's coming up about you know credit card payment systems. Um, it's it's I think it's a little more simple and when it gets deceptive it's usually deceptions like um, funding your own think tank and lobbyists that pretend to be experts when really they're just shoveling your own corporate line at things okay I think it's a little more complicated and nuanced interesting okay because yeah I, I feel like there's like a group of like 20 people in a room that are like, what do we want to actually do here? And then they just kind of... It's not in, nearly that organized. Just like put in the right pawns yeah. to, to move wherever they're moving. I don't know. Like I said, I, I pull myself pretty hard out of politics, especially. Yeah. I just don't want to be involved because mm-hmm. I feel like... you. I haven't voted since... Mm-hmm. That was the only time I ever voted. Was really? Just that one time? Yep. That, that is it. And uh, I've never done it again since. And I just... I don't want to be involved in it. I mm-hmm. feel like it's nothing I can control. Um, it's not a fun time to be in politics. It really isn't. And they're not yeah. even talking about issues. Like, you, you you, try and watch a debate and they're just... Talking shit to I each other. Yeah, they're just talking shit to each other or, like, speaking directly to camera all the, like, nice buzzwords of family and community and things yeah. that don't even mean anything to them. It's just... Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get tuning out. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'd love to understand more of it, but I'd feel like I'd have to spend too much time that's too important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd be happy to chat with you. Probably not the place to do it right, right now, right. but you know, if especially if you had like a specific issue or something you were interested in, like it's be happy to chat on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see how that goes. Cause yeah. you're th- you're you're asking me for a specific. I, I don't think there's a specific thing I'm even concerned enough about. Yeah, to like. I've really just kind of given up all control on that part, on politics yep. especially, yep. where I'm like... That must be liberating. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I don't know. Because I'm still over care. here stressing about stuff. Well, because I got, I got a, like, like I said, I got a bunch of friends who were like, Trump 2024, I'm like, cool. He's weird, you know? <laughs> he's like, that. He I is. mean, he, he's a businessman, and he's handling shit like a businessman. Like a dickhead businessman, but sure. A bit of a clown of a businessman. That's what I'm saying. But, he's trying to run it like a business. Mm-hmm. Which, sure, that maybe that'll help us make more money. I think his ego is more involved than like a standard business I guy. I don't fucking yeah. know, man. Like, I don't know the guy. Yeah. I never met him. You know, like, I don't feel like I can judge anybody till I meet them myself. And I just, I, I don't know the fucking guy. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know where, where conservative media is pushing his his fucking agenda and, mm-hmm. and who he is and all this other shit and then I know where liberal shit is, is pointing his, his 
his image, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. I, I try not to be on either end of that. And it's funny because I'll be honest with you, most of my like social media, all of this stuff, it pushes a lot more conservative views mm-hmm. of me because I probably have more friends on that side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I live in Vancouver, not in Portland, right? Yeah, like, no, most I, of my I get you. Are pretty conservative. Um, I'm like the other way where I have a few friends that are like pretty conservative, but generally I'm usually on the right of my friends. Oh, okay. So they, they consider, yeah, like all my friends, I know I got the beard and I'm a big guy. I like guns, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, so everybody's, oh, so you're, you're conservative then. Oh, so Trump, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, dude, like. Don't pigeonhole me, man. Yeah, yeah. don't fucking stick me on yeah. that bandwagon, yeah. man. Like, no. I, I don't vote for none of that shit. Like, I don't even know who's going to be in this next election. Yeah. Is he going to be allowed to be in it or, or what? I, I can't imagine that he's going to be barred from it. I just find it really hard to believe that would happen. So I have all these people, especially my friends that are liberals, are very mm-hmm. like, they finally got him. You won't be able to be president. But I'm like, he's also... They're just talking to themselves at this point. He's not fucking rich. Uh, I feel like he'd figure out how to do it. And even, even if he was literally in jail, he could still campaign. There's nothing against him being president, even if well, I, I somehow these cases came through. Shot, even if he wasn't. The way things are looking, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, it is kind of nuts. I don't understand what's happening right now, but it's, <laughs> whatever. And then who? Is, People are angry. That's what's happening. I think the whole country is just pissed off. Camila, is she going? I I imagine she's still going to be VP. So um, Joe Biden. Biden's going to try again. Yeah, yeah. There's no one running against him practically. You know what? that man like he keeps falling over he keeps saying the craziest shit <laughs> like i've seen a couple uh, of his fucking like like of course my conservative friends are was like check out what joe said again and i'm listening and i'm like okay come on joe like what did you stumble over your words mm-hmm. no nah, dude you're in left field like you have no <laughs> idea where you are like you're talking about like swimming and his leg hair and the little kids looking at his leg hair and stop touching children, bro. You were pissing me off. Whether you like in mean it intentionally like that or not, mm-hmm. like he feels like that grandpa who's like way too touchy feely just because he's okay. not all there. Yeah. But but like stop, you know, like stop holding a sniffing little girl. Like man, you know, like that's not a good look. You're president. Cut it out. I don't like any of that pedophile shit. I'm also pissed off that list from the Epstein Island isn't out yet. You know what I'm Aren't they going to release that? I thought they got the green light for that. They, they keep saying they're going to, but yeah. no, nothing ever happens, and I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I need the list, okay. and I want it real. You know? like, like I, I feel like any pedophile should just be put to death immediately. Like, I'm just not. Without, without a trial? No, no. Proven pedophile uh-huh. should be put to death. Like... If you've been through the trial system and you mm-hmm. are for sure one, I, I definitely agree with trial. Okay, like, all right. I definitely, yeah, I'm not. I'm not just like, <laughs> he's a pedophile killer, yeah, right? Well, like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like, prove it, mm-hmm. right? Like, he needs to be proven a pedophile, mm-hmm. and then, but for sure, yeah, death penalty after that, yeah, rapist, all all that shit. I'm into it. Yeah, but anyways. This was this was intense. <laughs> this, this got all the way over there. Oh shit. Okay. Well, anyway, let's close this up. It's yeah. Like an hour or two hours. Man, we've been at it for a minute. 
two and a half hours almost. Jesus Christ. How do we get into politics? <laughs> no. This podcast is insane. Dude. Okay. Like, like, you end up talking to somebody about a certain thing, and then you end up all, all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see who people are and what they are, what they're about. You know, and I appreciate your conversation. You're, you're definitely a great guy to talk to. Thanks. Yeah, no, you too. Yeah. yeah thank you, man. Um, I like your input. I would like to have another conversation eventually. You know? No, like, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to understand what you're thinking in there, because I can I can feel you holding back a little bit, which I appreciate. In in instances, you know, and it's like. There's certain things that I would be much happier to talk about, like, one-on-one. Yeah. And it's just, you know, keep it chill. Because yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I, I think I'm already trying to be mindful, especially of, I have to exist in a lot of different cultures. Oh, yeah. And there's taboos that are different all over the world. Absolutely. Um, so that's something I'm trying to pay attention to, and, you know. That's smart. Yeah. And it's, it's, it works really well when you go down there and you just, you know, what are you about? How do you see the world? And yeah. that's, yeah. More asking the question. Yeah, yeah, I know. You lead me on this. Yeah. 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 That's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, so this is Psychotic Strength again. Thanks for listening. Uh, I got to, I, I don't think I even mentioned the name of the company. It didn't occur to me. Yeah, no. What do we got? Yeah, let, shameless plug here. It's Lost Canyon Imports. Um, website is lostcanyonimports.com. Okay. Um, and got a bit of a YouTube channel going with the videos on the culture and the history of stuff. And like, Send all that to me. I will absolutely and send I'll it to you. It yeah, yeah. No, take a look at it and tell me what I suck at. Like the best thing I can hear now okay. is like, what's not good enough? Where do I lose you? Like, is there anything I can do to improve it? Because like, it's, it's on me to make it perfect right now. And that's what I'm trying yeah. to do. I'll definitely uh, give you my, my solid opinion on it. You know, I, I definitely, uh, I appreciate criticism like that, mm-hmm. especially when I'm doing something I'm, I'm passionate about. Yeah. I yeah. need to know so this can be better. Yeah. Like, I'm no. putting my ego aside. I'm not just looking for, like, the pat on the back, good boy kind of stuff. Right. Like, I, I genuinely want to know, like, how it's going. Cool. Yeah. Lost Canyon. Lost Canyon Imports. Imports. And yeah. it's been working on it for, like, two years now, and it's finally... It's finally like a real thing, which feels amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me know when you're going to be at certain places, too. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll yeah, I'll hit you up. up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, yeah. Psychotic Strength. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Tyler Toby Townsend and... Carl. Carl, Carl. Klein. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I like that. All right. Thank you. <laughs>